0: welcome to the winner's edit a survivor storyline and editing podcast i'm your host joe and
1: i'm dan kilby what's up
0: and yolo let's start uh this is season 39 episode 2 yolo let's play spoken by kelly kelly kim herself in her breakout episode on island of the idols total queen i thought this was a really fun character study episode for
1: kelly specifically but other than that, I do think that this uh, this episode worries me a little bit because I do really, really like this cast, but this is the episode that made me be like, like, have a little pause. I mean, obviously, it's the second episode, but I feel like the first episode set up so much stuff that this one just didn't deliver on at all, yeah. which makes me a little apprehensive.
0: But overall, I think it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, it just sort of knocked everything down in a weird way. Um yeah, I looked to see how long the Island of the Idol segment was and it was about eight, oh isle- eight minutes of her just on the island with Sandra and Rob and then there was the pre-show of her saying, oh, you're being sent and then the afterward. So that's a lot of time to be devoting to just one person, really. And it appears to have done something on this episode in particular. I'm worried for how things will go in the future.
1: Absolutely agreed. If this is a one-time case where they're like, whatever, this is riveting content, it's got to make the air. I don't actually think it was that riveting, but whatever. I'm okay with it, but this is the biggest problem with these twists, is like nothing should be taking eight eight minutes that isn't tribe life or something like that. To Mm -hmm. be in a Survivor episode when you only have 44, especially when you also have a really long challenge, I think we saw in this episode... Basically, this turned into not a story episode, but this is a quickly, like, detail you with the plot details. Like, the most important things that happened and that's it is basically
0: what we got. Right. Right. Um, Yeah, I am glad, though, that this seems to be the way they're doing Island of the Idols, where there's no reward challenge, but they're just sending a boat to come get them. And then they do it, and then they come back before the immunity challenge. Like that is kind of the way we wished. And even if it is taking a while, at least the structure of it is fair to the integrity of the game, I would say. Absolutely agreed. And I think, like,
1: that's one thing that's good is it, in the game, I feel like it's not a giant blockade to the social goings. I just wish on an episode format again this is a thing where if the episodes were longer i'd be fine with it but they're too short to have something that's this much of a time sink and right absolutely plus one to no reward challenges i really hope that stays the same also hot take reward challenges are more interesting when the immunity winner wins them anyway because then it doesn't to me i've always felt weird when it's like oh this tribe's won every reward challenge but has gone to tribal eight times in a row or something it, it feels like oh well they might have preferred to win those other challenges i don't know (laughs) and i feel like you see that a lot where it's just like it's not one for one
0: yeah yeah they were sure excited about those spices though like i remember on the funny 115 there's a whole entry about bob's reaction to the spice garden herb garden from gabon and Mm in this episode they're just all that way
1: it must just be the best reward i guess it makes sense though you're on an island you're eating like nasty food all the time you might want some uh fancy cumin in your dish i don't know um but <laughs> cumin, what's that yeah really like who knows it's it probably too expensive for <laughs> cbs's budget that said i do think that there are a couple like worrying signs here where we basically enter and lyro
0: gets one scene effectively yeah, like <laughs> devoted to strange people um Mm -hmm. yeah just lyra in general like this is kind of the as someone who aggressively avoids the invisible rating like this is like the line is drawn if you say you use it and you did not give dean kowalski an invisible rating uh you're a liar (laughs) you're a cop um yeah
1: real talk was he actually shown at all in the episode i watched it three times back And
0: it felt like even in the challenge, he wasn't there. I did see him in the challenge, but I was specifically, I was like, is Dean in this episode? (laughs) And like when Chelsea's at the top of the ladder, you can see him. (laughs) But that was like, that's it. And that's like Kelly Shin levels, which is astronomical. Yeah, like Chelsea was significantly better than this in
1: every single way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what to say like super invisible guy but I don't know uh that's something to pay attention to is just the complete departure of the Lyro tribe in general especially and- when they
0: have big characters like Elaine and Elizabeth with big stories to go out from and then they just drop them
1: yeah, like, remember that last episode when uh, we had a touching moment of Elizabeth learning how to make fire for 10 minutes, and then <laughs> someone else makes fire in this episode? Beautiful storytelling, CBS.
0: Yeah, I I think I'll touch on that when we get to Elizabeth, because we won't have anything else to talk about, but... Um... Yeah, that was kind of weird, Elaine. Last time we were like, "Oh, she's either a two-episode character who they're milking for content, or she's just going to be around every time." And we barely saw anything. And yeah, they're trolling bizarre. us, right? <laughs> like that's they the listen, only explanation. They listen to this podcast and they make their decisions based on that, and that's why we're always wrong. It's not our fault. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It is Jeff Probst and the rest of CBS. How did this girl get the, like,
1: most glowing first episode of all time and then effectively go invisible here? I, I don't understand the thought process here. Every other character
0: like this, like, Rupert doesn't go invisible in the second episode, I don't believe. It's not a normal thing. I don't know. I'm thinking, and I might check later, Donathan might have been a similar way. But, well, maybe even not. I don't know. It's bizarre. It's bizarre.
1: It really is strange, like absurd, but I, I do actually, before we move on, I do want to bring up one thing that I thought was kind of interesting here, where I believe we now have official confirmation that uh, these people were explicitly told they're not allowed to say what was happening on the Isle of
0: Idols, because uh, the same <laughs> lie happened twice. I, uh, I don't, I wish they would tell us that, if that is the case. Because every fiber of my being wants to be like, wow, Elizabeth and Kelly just by coincidence settled on the same exact lie. But it's it's too good to be true, I think.
2: And that's it unfortunate. Really
1: and it, it, to me, it's just one of those things where I feel like other... Like I listen to other Survivor podcasts and they don't even bring this stuff up. as like a how far Survivors come. Like I used to always to my friends, defend Survivor against other reality shows is the one that was stood for authenticity and integrity to the game above everything else. And stuff like this, stuff like the Fire Making Challenge every year is making me more and more being like, oh, they're slowly becoming all the other shows, and that's just so sad to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, I really don't think producers should be telling people what they can or can't talk about in a social game. Kind of ruins right. the
0: point. Right. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like if you are telling them this, why, because if it does get out to the camps, they're gonna be excited and bewildered and all sorts of things, but instead mm-hmm. they just be like, Nah, <laughs> please don't but- tell, keep it a secret, keep our biggest stars ever a secret. I don't know, it's just so that they can have that
1: secret moment of them at tribal. Like that's it, right? There's no other reason. Is that for a TV production standpoint? They think it's fun to have them have a secret that the players don't know about. I think. I I guess so. It's just heartbreaking to me. I don't know.
0: I wish Survivor would step above this crap. To be honest, mm-hmm. just it's. I think they continue to have the problem with they think we want things a certain way, and I feel like they don't understand what their audience would like really agreed they go for excitement instead of often often i would say instead of but like if it's a choice between excitement or authenticity they'll choose excitement and that's no good
1: exactly like i don't know the thing that i don't get is survivors like the longest running show and so like of like basically anything right it didn't get there by being the most shocking every season, like crazy things happening. It's because people love the format. Other shows do surprises better than Survivor does. Like, if you watch, I don't know, Game of Thrones, you can write better surprises and twists and stuff than a show can just naturally provide. It's never going to be able to catch up with those things that are scripted. People love the format, force authenticity for the characters for this, like, the raw game. That's why people love it. That's why people show up. Uh, Football does not have twists and turns and
0: like (laughs) it's like it doesn't need those things it has tradition it's honestly in a really good slot for tv's sake like people of all ages love it it doesn't need to twist away from the format and i mean there have been times where stuff has gotten really low and it seems like oh a survivor on its outs um whether or not that's true i don't think the way to fix it is by introducing these like things for shock value
1: that's the thing is it shocks you for a minute and then you leave and you feel like a little bit less satisfied overall even if it's subconscious you're like oh i understood this a little less people like football and like football takes off because there's like pedestrian like people like john madden to describe like the intricacies of football so people can feel in part of the game i feel like that's the draw of survivor for so many people and every single thing like this that takes eight minutes of screen time Mm -hmm. makes it a little less exciting every single time a little bit less content to watch and i just really don't want them to cancel and ruin my favorite show but more importantly than that i i don't care if it gets canceled if it continues to like degrade i
2: don't know
0: yeah
1: Anyways, this was a good episode, though. I feel like it was a little harsh. Um, But I think this was a fun episode. This is an awesome cast. I do wish we got to see them more. And the only other thing is I feel like the challenge sucked. Like, it was a boring challenge.
0: Yeah, and, like, that ladder was very dangerous. Like, when it came down the first time for Vokai, like, Dan's head went through two rungs. It was, like, (laughs) insane. And then the part at the end, like... It was really a carnival game where uh, there was a lot of luck involved. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like this was not
1: one of their biggest hits here uh, in terms of challenge. So, I don't know. I thought the last one was good. This one was mediocre. Hopefully the next one's good. We'll Hopefully. see. Anyways, I think that brings us here to our story section where I guess our hot take here, we were talking earlier, is... This was an episode that kind of abandoned a lot of stories. I don't know if that's because of the crunch for time or what, but it really felt like this was the bare necessities of what we needed to know. And a bunch of these things that felt set up in the first episode just kind of vanished.
0: Yeah, they weren't as present. I mean, a story might not be present in every episode, Mm -hmm. but... uh, yeah, I definitely came into this being like, okay, where did they have time to expand on stories, whether we had thought of them or they were new to us, and it was just a lot of, a lot of Nora, which I don't know if Nora is stories, <laughs> as much as Nora, and then like, plot, like necessary plot to understand what's going on in the tribe. Exactly. I, I they had a tough task here. I get it, but.
1: It's a hard job, you know? Anyways, that brings us here to the first one that we really threw up uh, in episode one, which is teaching the importance of seeking a mentor, seeking an idol. In this episode, the main thing where it came around was just Tommy referencing that he's a teacher, I think. And then, obviously, the Island of the Idols with Boston Robin teaching Kelly, and Kelly feeling like actually uh, empowered to be a better person and player by Mm -hmm. learning from Boston Robin Sandra.
0: Yeah, so it's just the very basic ways it could be in the episode, it was there. Mm-hmm. There's no, there obviously wasn't anything on, any teaching moments on Lyro and then, I don't know, I guess Nora taught them some sweet yoga, but I don't know if that's, that's where this theme is going, so. Yeah, that's, I guess, yeah, uh, Jack did
1: say that she's like every yoga teacher ever, so. Um. <laughs> Maybe that is a story. I do think that this will still be important. It's just that this, yes. is, this yeah. was an episode where it had nowhere to be. So yep. yeah. Um, so the other the other one we had here last week was the importance of proving who you are, connecting to people, uh, to quote the importance of being able to speak your mind, which in my opinion was the story of this episode. I think basically you had at the start of the episode Vince be like uh, Aaron, what are you talking about? I I was the one who b- made the shelter. I cut the wood. You judged me. What's your problem? I feel like that was like uh, important to speaking your mind, but I feel like that's hmm. a bad look on it.
0: <laughs> yes, I was gonna say. I was if you're gonna go in a positive direction with this, I I disagree, but I'm glad to see that because I think we see Vince do that, and then right after we go to Vokai and Nora is also speaking her mind on the laziness of the tribe. And it's also at that point, definitely a bad look. So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking the part of this that's speaking your mind is maybe the negative part. I would not be surprised to see some extent of this where it's like, yes, you need to make yourself clear, but it has to be in an understandable way. And that kind of touches back on the first episode where we saw, um, Kelly and Janet handle their issue with Dan's personal space issue um, very tactfully. Mm -hmm. And so I think that might be the dichotomy here is, yeah, it's good to speak your mind sometimes, but you have to do it in a way where you're actually connecting with people. I agree. And I do think that specifically,
1: if I was to like sum it up in like a sentence, I think what the season's trying to say, if I were to have a guess, is... Speaking your mind is not necessarily a good thing. It's instead of words, you should prove with your actions the kind of person you are, not, like, lash out at people. I think that that is the key. I think we see that a couple times here, especially with Nora. We see her at the start of the episode speaking her mind, really, like, lowering her popularity here on the tribe. But then we cut to Jason being like, okay, I could vote out Nora, but she's my friend. She's the only one who actually showed loyalty to me in some way she proved that she's a kind person deep down so i'm gonna teach her like no dancing like you had that a lot where it's it's Mm -hmm. more about proving who you are deep on the inside than saying who you
0: are yeah and i think there's a bit of contrast with how um the king the queen and the jack are presented where it's this air of royalty Over the tribe, and it's not really connecting, they're seen by everyone as the popular people who are going to have their way unless it's stopped. So, uh, yeah, it's speaking your mind in a way that works with the people you want to work with. Agreed,
1: and yeah, like that's the thing is like, I feel like Nora was a very complex both sides argument on this in this episode where you had her kind of represent both the good and bad. And I think that is actually the thing to me that was the best part of this episode was that really nuanced and fascinating way that they did develop Nora as a character.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So next up, I think we have the theme of that. I think we kind of like last week we had the idea of personal space and touching, obviously based around creepy Dan. But I do think that we saw it kind of mature into the story is actually the importance of being able to put up with people
0: yeah because we saw I mean Nora is once again the case here where uh Jason especially, and then it seems like the rest of the tribe put up with Nora in this case to take out the power group there mm-hmm. um,
1: you I have a uh, if... Boston Rob basically telling uh Kelly that the most important skill in survivor. Is the ability to pay attention, put up with these people for thirty nine days? In the last episode, we had Kelly basically say that, where it's okay. I have a problem with Dan, but I'm going to be here for thirty nine days. I can't just yell at him. I have to be able to put this at bay, deal with it as much as I can, but do it in a way that I'm I'm still putting up with this guy for as much as I can.
2: Hmm.
0: Um. It- if you want to stretch, I guess, and somehow find a way to connect this to Lyra, like, Aaron is almost like, I know these people are going to fool me, but I've I got to figure out a way to get by without trusting them. I don't know, maybe that's too much of a stretch, but I think this is very important going forward. Agreed. Especially with the stories that were
1: set up, like the specific paths that were set up in the first episode, that really didn't pay off at all here. Like with, for example, Creepy Dan really did not get any mention in this episode. You did see him like creepily grab and kiss Kelly again, but unfortunately, but it wasn't actually brought to attention to the audience. So these stuff, these things are kind of there at bay. (laughs) And beyond that, I also think Jason's arc of, okay, I need these people to be willing to put up with me for 39 days. I messed up early on. But I'm willing to improve,
0: I think, was a tagline of this episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, another part of ha- that I had linking to the story about Jason is um, sort of this idea with personal space. Both him and Kelly wanted to be make sh- absolutely sure that they didn't have an idol, because there's this idea of, oh, I'll, I'll strip, and then you will know that I don't have an idol to play. And then you can trust me. And we see it in two very different lights here. And I think it sort of bonds with uh the first episodes look at spatial issues and I don't know. It's interesting to keep an eye on these things as we keep going.
1: Yeah, I was almost ready to write down stripping down for an idol as a theme. Like <laughs> it got pretty close, right? There's an entire segment devoted to Kelly is like Tricking them by offering to strip, and then at tribal, huge emphasis on Jason being willing to do that. Like you leave this episode, it was almost that level, which makes me a little nervous. My hot take here is that I think that that is gonna come back, and it's gonna be related to Dan, and I think that's where that story is setting up.
0: Ah, that's a hmm. Like
1: I think we're gonna like a creepy moment is gonna happen in the future with stripping before an idol.
0: It felt very foreshadowy. I don't know. Yeah, that does sound really dire to think about how that will play out on the screen. Um, it also sort of came up in Chelsea's part where she finds her idol. She's like, I'm surrounded by people and I don't have anywhere to like look at it, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's just this idea of like the spatial presence of an idol and the paranoia and anxiety that that can create absolutely moving on here i think the next
1: theme is very interesting where again it's the idea of hard work being very important this season more than any recent season it's so in your face this idea of hard work obviously Mm -hmm. i mentioned earlier vince really going after aaron for working hard but beyond that i think chelsea's idol find wasn't this heroic moment of her searching the idol searching the island for work or whatever she describes it as well you have to gather uh trees or whatever you have to grab gather resources for your tribe and doing that made me find this idol
0: yep yeah it was very much the first watch of this episode It just sort of goes straight from Chelsea making that fire, and you see the scene of her, she has some stuff in her hands and she just, it just goes into oh, she looks in this hole in the tree and there's some there's her idol. And so, it almost wants to link the two together, for sure. Oh yeah, like that's so intentional.
1: Where, it's literally edited like, she makes a fire and then an idol falls from the sky in her lap. (laughs) And I don't think that's not intentional at all i feel like that is very much what they're trying to set up here you have tom be like oh i'm so impressed by her
0: she's breaking my male ego (laughs) once again slightly misogynistic (laughs) yeah i don't know about tom um yeah but he definitely linked that back in and he was sort of a he's like the person who decrees whether you are a hard worker or not Mm -hmm. um also, Nora, of course, talks about yes. how that tribe doesn't, Vokai doesn't work hard. They don't care. They're lazy. And even if you didn't see like Lyra really putting a bunch of teamwork and hard work forward, almost their neutrality is better than Vokai, which was fractured and lazy, apparently. And we saw that sort of have dividends in how the immunity challenge went. Oh, I can't believe
1: we didn't bring this up. Obviously, hard work is important. The person who left was literally shown napping.
0: Yeah. Instead I
1: mean, of working hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that was literally the theme of this episode was. These people are lazy. Jamal didn't even show up with his bag. This is all connected to this idea. It's hammering it in so hard, and we're so I think honestly, we're supposed to leave this episode with a really high opinion of Nora, despite her being aggressive and annoying the story isn't Nora's obnoxious for pushing people to work hard. It's Nora is annoying for doing that, but she has a point. These people should be working hard.
0: I think this episode wanted you to think she was somewhat in the right here. Do we have like the best opinion of Nora going forward? I don't think so. I think her, her ideas were correct, but I think Nora as an overall character, isn't someone we're supposed to root for in the long run. I probably agree with that. I th- I
1: think we're supposed to take Jason's side. We're supposed to like them as a duo. They complement yeah. each other. Yeah. So, take that for well, um the next one that I brought up, which I think was honestly just a such a good line that I feel like it's going to come back up, but it didn't pay off in any meaningful way was it got literally said four times in the episode was assume <laughs> nothing and think outside the box.
0: Yeah. Jason says it to Kelly as they're going as she's going to the Island of the Idols, she brings it up as they're reading the Oath of the Idols in like the most hand fisted way I feel like, oh, I get an advantage. What is this? I have thought outside the box. um I do hope it comes up in a more creative way, I suppose I agree I mean I think the highlight of it here definitely. Uh, promotes that idea
1: and i think i mean the most pressing moment of it i think was kelly hiding the idol in her hair oh true right like yeah, i guess that's what it was right is she didn't assume she was gonna do well her confession all about how she never thought an idol would make her so stressed out but she has this trick up her sleeve that'll make people not see it and it
0: works yeah i guess that almost does if it ends here, it is a nice arc of her tribe telling her this, and then she uses that information to conceal her secret from her tribe. So yes.
1: And obviously, I think it tells us that... It tells us subconsciously here that Jason is a creative player. Yeah. I think it's going to be something that's going to be important down the line, but I do think that this... I'm guessing this comes back up. I feel like this is going to be like the you get what you take or whatever, David vs. Goliath, where they just keep, mm-hmm. <laughs> keep saying it, the pilots and passengers. I feel like that's a, <laughs> this is
0: a top candidate here. Sure. And with uh, Island of the Idols, it seems like there's going to be lots of opportunities for quote-unquote thinking outside the box. So, Agreed.
1: I, I mean, even if you flashback to last episode, you have Boss and Rob be like, I can't believe first-time players wouldn't think to haggle with me. that's absolutely that theme in that first episode yeah now it has a name yep next is our favorite theme that seems to never go away in the game of survivor but i feel like had too much focus in this episode to not be a theme is survivor as high school
0: yeah i saw a very i don't know if you retweeted it or whatever but i saw a tweet that was like uh if you're saying oh, uh, it's, like, high school all over again. Like, maybe you need to examine, like, yourself and, like, think about why these high school situations are always, like, bad for you. Like, <laughs> so I think they're, like, very bluntly being, like, Nora, maybe uh, you're the problem, which, like, <laughs> I get to some extent. But, yeah, it's definitely here again. Um It's almost high school slash, like, this royalty theme, like, Mm -hmm. peasants and royalty. And, yeah, always these sort of, I guess, maybe just because they're familiar hierarchies where you can be like, oh, the popular people versus all of us underdogs and stuff. Yeah. So. I really feel like
1: Freaks and Geeks at this point might be the most common Alliance name. (laughs) I feel like I've heard that in almost every season of Survivor. So, yeah, it's a little it's a little annoying, but I do think it's important, at least in this one. I think there was some nuance of the story is the importance of finding the right crew. Tommy says, my mama always said there's cool kids and there's nerds. But the most important thing is finding the crew that's best for you or whatever. Which I feel like is the actual mission statement of this theme that you should ride with people who are close to you. But
0: yeah, because I feel like if you think about it, like Jamal, Jack and Molly is such a weird group to be like the high school popular group that like mm-hmm. looking at all the people on that tribe like why is Tommy I have other problems with Tommy but like why is he not in that group Um, like Lauren I don't know just a weird choice right to come back here I think it does complement Tommy's phrasing there where he needs agreed. to be in the middle agreed mm-hmm.
1: he's the teacher you know that's why he's not yeah this high school shit (laughs) uh so i know and then for the third time in a row we have we finally officially in here there's absolutely a girls theme here i don't think that this is any way saying that is the winner's a girl though
0: i mean yeah i think that's just what we sort of agreed on last episode is like yes they're going to promote girls survivor is woke uh And they're going to really emphasize girls um, alliances or like the way Survivor is to girls. I'm not phrasing this well, but like uh, it's something to watch out for, I guess. Very clearly, Lyro is this five strong girls alliance. um, And they want us to know that. I think it's almost a certainty if Lyro goes to more tribal councils, that is the power group there. So
1: yes, exactly. That's the thing is I think all it's saying is that there's going to be a very important woman's alliance in this game. That doesn't mean that one of those people wins. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something to keep in mind. I do think that female empowerment is going to be a theme here. But like I said last week, I think survivor over the past couple of years has realized there's a problem and they are willing to edit themes in here as an apology. Yeah. So take that for as you will obviously this is very good for girls i think it raises their chances of winning mm-hmm. people like missy i probably wouldn't be considering as much if not for this theme
2: mm-hmm. like
1: i mean chelsea literally says the guy like we make the fire we
0: find the idols guys are slacking or whatever pretty yeah. direct <laughs> yeah and they when after the immunity challenge i think their group of five sort of gets They're all together in the tribe huddle and you can see like that group of five just in one shot. None of the boys. Um, uh, Kelly, Lauren and Janet are discussing the vote together. It's not anyway highlighted that they're like a girls group, but they're together. Actually,
1: that's something I wanted to bring up is the biggest thing against this theme for me, all these other themes, pretty much. I feel like you can bring up examples on both tribes throughout. I think that this is, one theme that has not hit Vokai enough for me to feel comfortable that it is going to be a continuous story of how girls are doing well mm-hmm. uh, like on the Lyra tribe it was like girls are killing it like we're slaying the guys are idiots they're all fighting with each other and then on the Vokai tribe it was Molly is flirting with people she is female poverty 2.0 she <laughs> has to go because her feminine powers are too strong that's yeah. not a pro-feminist
0: thoughts at all Yeah, you had Nora versus her, Lauren versus her, just... Even Nora saying, like, I don't have kids, I don't have... There is
1: definitely another side to this theme that I think people aren't paying as much attention to.
0: Yeah. I think it might be as simple as this is, like, Lyra's, like, dynamics moving forward. And if we see an expansion of that, that's great, but I think that's really where its strength is agreed and that's all of our stories
1: there uh again they weren't super present in this episode but everything builds on everything i do think that one thing i wanted to from the last episode that i was sad that i didn't mention is that beautiful scene where jack hits uh molly with a clam in the first episode in the back (laughs) it's like oh look she's the one who's gonna get blindsided brilliant so brilliant Hmm. so i think that's really cool um and the fact that they're clearly using subtitles ironically is something to pay attention to, I think, here.
0: What do you mean? I did not notice this. In the first episode, a bunch of people
1: were very high on Molly. We, I, I feel like neither of us were particularly high on Molly last episode. But mm-hmm. particularly because Lauren subtitled said Molly's very observant. Oh. And then you had her get hit with the shell or whatever. And, and <laughs> moment but then here we see her getting blindsided i don't think that's a coincidence i think a lot of these subtitle lines are there to kind of be a a troll to be honest
0: yeah and i think we talked about last episode how they're almost making a trend to make the second boot shocking and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons molly is that shocking second boot i'm sure we'll get to it when we discuss her all the way at the end but exactly a little heads up And then the only thing I want to say,
1: you probably guessed that from what how we've been talking for the last last little bit here. On our complex tribe checkup here, last episode we had left the podcast being like, you know what? Could be either one of these tribes. We're leaning Lyra or we're leaning Vokai, but like the purple tribe seems complex, but you know, it's about 50-50, and we need a little bit more to actually parse what's going on. And then in this episode, Lyra wasn't there. <laughs> and Vokai was absurdly complex. I feel like I'd be willing to put money here, unless next episode is all Lyro. That Vokai is the complex tribe.
0: I would even say if all, next episode is all Lyro, like it's too late. Like if Lyro is meant to be our complex tribe, we need more of a wrap up from la- the first episode's stories. Like their post tribal stuff didn't really touch on what was important to Lyra in that first episode. Like mm-hmm. Elizabeth being a swing vote despite not having a vote. Um Elaine and Yeah, it's just did Remember Lyra when
1: came... Elaine, Tom, and Vince were like a scrappy underdog three? Mm-hmm. And then they didn't talk in this episode. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. I guess I'll get into it. (laughs) Lyro, starting with Aaron. Um... Neither of us were high on Aaron. I think this was an okay episode for him. Like, he's not near the top of my rankings or anything, but if we're weirdly launching into, like, an Aaron winner edit, like, this is okay, I guess. It'd be so bizarre, though.
1: I don't disagree. I think there's something very interesting here when the most important thing they thought that they had to tell us about Lyro was just everything about Aaron. Aaron's the only one in this episode that got above a three visibility. Like, he got really any visibility on the Lyro tribe. Him and Missy mm. effectively get all of it.
2: And well, he gets. Chelsea. Oh, Probably, and Chelsea.
1: Yeah, but... sorry. Yeah, you're right. Chelsea too. Uh, <laughs> like, just those three. And Aaron gets uh, so much content. It's not very good. Like, he's not that interesting. But he he did
0: get the, like, Nick Wilson turn. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot. Like, his content is weird because it's like, I can't trust any of these people. And if he's the one person alone on a tribe of nine, like, what are you doing then? Like, what is your plan? It just felt very, like, lack of, like important for some reason but like they couldn't explain how mm-hmm.
1: no you're absolutely right this is what people talk about when they're like content for the sake of it to me where i'm just i don't understand why we're getting all this Aaron content and it seems important to me it was very 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 reminiscent of adam and klein and millennials first gen x who basically hmm. got like a standard first episode Episode two was him getting blindsided. Episode three was where he got this content, where he was basically did the same thing. He's like, why would I trust you? I'm mad, like I'm... It was basically the same thing, just an episode later. And I don't know if people remember Adam Klein's at edit, but he basically got no personal content until episode four, where he got a bunch of mm-hmm. personal content. I think that if two episodes or one episode from now or whatever, that we're learning all about maybe start considering him a little bit more than you are.
0: Yeah. I think I read it as he's going to survive to a swap and then flip on a Lyro group and then like a smaller tribe. First off, I think that immunity idol very clearly splits into those two masks can each go to two separate tribes. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my conspiracy theory. But I think for whatever swap we're looking for down the line, it's possible that Aaron is just like, nope, I'm done with Lyro and blindside someone on this tribe. So the next
1: time on didn't have a swap, though, right? No,
0: no, no. So not it's yet. not an 18. No, I guess it could be 15 or. Yeah, 15. 16. There's lots of possibilities. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that's the thing that's very interesting to me is that of everybody, Aaron's the one that has the consistent content. Between both episodes, Aaron's the one who has the most consistent between the two. I think that's really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. But I agree. I don't think that means he's going to win this game. I think it means he's probably (laughs) a lot more
0: important than I would have anticipated last week. Imagine if we were just like, we're done. Aaron actually wins because of (laughs) two middle-of-the-road episodes where he gets no personal content. Yeah. That's the thing. This
1: is just the... This is the... Best content you can want for somebody that you're not actually considering that much, where it's enough to slide by. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool for him. Do you have anything else for Aaron? No. I guess, yeah, I'll just co-sign that he's absolutely swapping and voting these people up. Like, I think that is absolutely going to be a crucial thing. He's the defector. He's the Cochran, probably.
0: Yeah, I think he's very, he's important. He's definitely, like, not the next boot somehow. Maybe and they like, just don't go
1: somehow, uh, but how does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. That's, I don't know. I mean,
1: that stuff's always hard to say, but I agree. I do not think that he'll be the next boot. If he is, it's a very weird story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, did they really have to show us him turning down alliances? It's yeah, just like, just oh, next like... episode
0: he's just gone. <laughs> I, I can't trust any of these people. In the next episode, he really couldn't trust any of those people, could he?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Arrested Development narrator comes out. It's like he should have trusted them, or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like they're going to try to tell a little bit more sophisticated tale than saying people don't. He doesn't. You don't want to work with
0: anybody is a bad strategy. I feel like there's probably more going on here, or just just devote that time to other people. Then, like, mm-hmm. you don't need to tell us Aaron's on the bottom. We get it.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? Like, you can have a funny Elaine moment. Mm-hmm. So that's the important thing. Is you're right. Who didn't get content when instead he did. Speaking yeah. of someone who did get content, I left this episode and I basically tweeted, there's a whole tribe of complex people on the Vokai tribe and Chelsea.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot what the season was called because she didn't remind me at once this episode. I mean she did find an idol so it was truly an island of an idol for chelsea what a
1: strange edit (laughs) i really like to me last week i gave her the ever elusive under the radar three which was she talks constantly about nothing like literally Mm -hmm. the theme four times as we said Mm
0: -hmm. and then in
1: this one It's like, oh, Chelsea's a badass, by the way, who's making the fire, finding an idol, and, like,
0: the best hard worker, and... Yeah. Bizarre. And, like, kind of, like, normal? Like, in episode one, she doesn't come off as normal. This one, she's like, yeah, I'm, like, good, and I'm good for this tribe, but very strange. Agreed. I
1: think one thing, though, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I think this was a bad episode for Chelsea's winner chances, to be honest. Maybe her last episode was so bad for me that it's hard to, like, I don't think she went down that much. But she probably went up, but I don't think this was a good episode. For the simple reason that our good friend Kelly on the other tribe got a idol good for two tribal councils or three tribal councils. And Chelsea got a actual hidden immunity idol. (laughs) And Kelly got, like, empowering music and huge moment chelsea got like nothing
0: yeah that's fair we didn't even see her open it i believe like she had it open at one point but like i don't know it was because she was surrounded by all those people yeah but like even beyond that to
1: me her first episode being all about paranoia and the fear of idols and then this episode just being her finding the idol Makes me think that she's going to do like this is going to be a a sad story. She's going to screw up with the idol or
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that's
1: what I'm reading with this.
0: That's yeah, that's that's possible. I think that's a good read. It's the Kellen, you know, what I mean, it's the
1: it's not negative, but there's doomsday like. (laughs) like, Yeah, (laughs) you see the storm clouds in her confessional or whatever. It's like, um, why is she speaking in such negative terms? Hmm. And obviously she's in the girls alliance. She should be fine.
0: She has yeah. an idol, but I am shockingly nervous for her going forward. Yeah, I don't think it's immediate, but I think maybe she's Aaron's swap victim. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's possible. She doesn't
0: play that idol and she's so sad about it.
1: I think it's very likely she plays it, like, immediately. (laughs) Like, that's kind of what I'm reading into it. Like, the first travel she goes to, she plays it. She's
0: in the Girls Alliance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then they're like, uh, why did she play it? Does she not trust us? And then she gets voted out next. That's the kind of thing I'm reading. Okay.
0: But, I don't know, do you have anything else on Chelsea? Uh, I don't think so. I want to get to this parade of invisible people. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is really interesting because... Like we said, we had to like free frame to find Dean in this episode. It's like four different flavors of invisible people. And starting <laughs> yeah. with the best. Like I love watching this to find out who I think is going to win from all the clues and stuff, but then I get Dean's at it and I'm like what's going to happen to Dean? Is he quitting? <laughs> is he getting idled out? Did he Do like that? Is he going to have an Aurora or Alec merge blossoming? Like dean is a fun
1: puzzle that's the thing is i love like our podcast is called the winner's edit but i feel like really what we're trying to do is we're trying to track what the hell is going on with all these people (laughs) i love the like the what what did this guy do did he like like did he like hit on jeff probes wife like (laughs) like do they hate him is he banned from the reunion there's so many things like we will never know and i think that's kind of a fun thing is he just really boring?
0: I don't know. I think my prevailing theory right now is probably maybe that he quits because his spine was showing. Like, mm. so maybe he's just getting really hungry and can't take it. And if you remember from the
1: preseason, this man does not give a shit about Survivor. So, <laughs> I, I, may, it's very possible. Like, his mm-hmm. his preseason stuff was, like, you couldn't find more of, like, a mector. That they clearly like, like, also seemed to like not be excited. I don't know. Like, I don't know what they were thinking casting this guy, to be honest, but I think I was proved right. I don't know. Um, We'll see. He's one of those people that like Alec, I ended up loving, you know? I hope Aurora. Yeah. I loved. I mean, I guess we both picked Alec preseason to win. Like, we were actually very high on him, but. I don't know. I for me Dean's one of those people where like I just want to know cuz we don't even have any relationships for him like usually you have like that weird scene where the invisible person gets like ra- ra- like you hear hear that Kellen and Chelsea are
0: close just randomly. Yeah.
1: That's not even here. Like we don't know anything about this man.
0: Yeah, because we know the vote was unanimous against—well, not unanimous, but a- totally against Aaron and Ronnie. So, like Dean somehow flipped from the boys to, and who knows why? Mm-hmm. And
1: I think the most fun thing with this is I feel like the invisible edit is the one where, like the middle road, middle road, the middle road edit. Usually, that's not going to leave immediately. Like you can expect, oh, it's building to some sort of. A peak or something the invisible edit there's no there's no way to track it sometimes the invisible person's in the final five In inexplicably sometimes the invisible person gets an over-the-top negative five third episode boot mm-hmm. it's uh they really have a complete unpredictability that actually is kind of fun you never know when dean's gonna blow up it could literally be on finale
0: night <laughs> i just love the like concept of dean I'm scared mm-hmm. for when we actually get content though.
1: <laughs> Do okay, gun into your head. Does Dean make the merge?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think
1: yes. I I, I think we're going to have purple Dean till the merge. Mm. He reads like a Chelsea to me. Like I feel like it's almost the more invisible you are the better. Yeah. Because even like some not Simone, um Lucy and Melania for Shinax who is invisible. And the first two up first episode of first two episodes whenever it was that she left, you did get random scenes of her looking really mad, which explained like her eventual mm-hmm. crazy downfall arc. Dean doesn't have any of that other than him being skinny, so it does put him at risk for being a quit, but you'd imagine someone would quit later, yeah, so
0: and they just won that space collection, so like they're set,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I do think that he'll probably be there for a long time because he's so invisible. <laughs> Let's yeah. move on here to a we talked
0: we we just generated the most content on Dean for the entire weekend podcast land.
1: Yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. We love our invisibles. Yeah. So next up is the least invisible the uh, the patented two random lines in camp that you hear in the background.
0: Elaine but interesting because she had no like no reason to be invisible like Mm -hmm. we thought Elaine was gonna be the funniest like even when they're not going to tribal we'll get like charming lines like this is our chance to go through that spice collection and be like what are all these I've never seen some of these this girl realistically got cumin And we didn't get to see it. Yeah, we didn't get the cumin aftermath. Like, and they would have seen that line in the first three days and been like, oh, your reward is spices? Just stick some cumin in there. Yeah. If they didn't, production screwed up. Yeah. (laughs) These are the changes you should be making production.
1: I yeah that's the thing. Like, don't, <laughs> don't throw in um, forcing tr- players to lie. Instead, throw in cumin. Yeah, that's what we want to see. Uh, I know it's expensive, but you can throw some in there.
0: No, I don't think cumin's that expensive. It's saffron.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, I don't know. I'm looking back. Like, I I pulled up some old edgics, and like, like Rupert was basically super visible every episode in Pearl Islands, like. This is like that's who this shit person should be. You know what I mean? She's so funny. You just told me that she's so likable and funny all the time that she's absolutely gonna win the game if she doesn't give vote out first.
0: And then you invisible her? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It it is an exact match for Donathan. Donathan had some strong opening episodes because he went to every tribal council, but it feels uneven like that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like elena is someone we're gonna like a lot of the time and then she's gonna do some really crazy things that we aren't so good for her game and we might not like them and ultimately it's just not panning out for a winner
1: mm-hmm. i think
0: she really plummeted down my list this episode
1: agreed donathan went utr in the third episode so and that was a double premiere so like the second week he he actually he also had this yeah which is something to definitely note where they're in the same archetype, right? They're the, I've never left the country, like, I'm from a small town, don't know nothing. It, I feel like there's a good chance Elaine is just Jonathan. Mm-hmm. So that's something to note. Um, do you have anything else on Elaine?
0: No, I mean, her. her content mostly came right in the tribal reaction phase. She was trying to, like... A sway or like comfort Aaron not really comfort but like explain and it didn't come off the greatest in that sense so just another nail in the coffin absolutely agree that said I do think that there's a
1: realistic chance that she does rebound like I think she'll be I still think she'll be there for a very long time
0: yeah yeah I think she's locked in now
1: which is good for her They did choose to give her some content, like her. She's not I feel like not dead. I just to me she plummeted quite a bit because she was probably the one holding Lyra. Yeah. So her being gone really was a mystery. I think the other person, like the next person here, is the same problem. Elizabeth literally got all the post tribal content in the last episode and then wasn't here. And she didn't even have a
0: vote. There's so many, yeah, so many problems. Like, she didn't get a comment on how Tribal went when she was the swing vote somehow. Uh, If you go back to Chelsea making the fire, like, yeah, maybe it makes sense that Elizabeth doesn't comment on it because she doesn't want people to know she has all this experience making fire. But we don't see anything. Like, we don't even see Elizabeth touch the subject. So, just... Also continues to be at the bottom. Once again, just above Dean. Like, <laughs> no way. No way.
1: Elizabeth doesn't win this game because she didn't get a confessional where she said that I'm hiding the fact that I can make fire.
0: Right. Yep. Or
1: I'm going to let other people make fire or something. Like, she absolutely said that.
0: Like, 100% had a confessional talking about the fact that someone else made fire. Yeah. Just like, I saw Chelsea make the fire today and... I couldn't be like, oh, I have all this experience making fire. Or like, even we know- if she got to it first. Yeah. Like, we know she has the charisma to do it. Like, make that comment. Like, just weird. Yeah,
1: to me, Elizabeth is, if she wins, I'll be stunned. I really don't think. Like, I agree. I think she's there in the Dean zone. Like, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> or, and it makes no sense. Yeah. But yeah, I don't even know what to say. She wasn't even. She's an Olympic swimmer. It was a swimming challenge, and I felt like they didn't highlight it. Mm hmm. That was stunning. (laughs) Everyone knows she's Olympian. Like, they brought that up on the show. It was a swimming challenge. (sighs) Uh. Like, I'm just flashing back to like uh, Australian Survivor, a really accomplished swimmer, was in a season once, and. Every time she was in the water, all the commentary was just about how angelic she was in the water. Because getting an Olympic swimmer is pretty cool. People yeah. choose to watch Olympic swimming. You'd think you'd pay some attention to that.
0: I don't know. Nope. <laughs> so better luck next episode, Elizabeth. I really think they just gave her a lot of content and then prepare because she's like the introduction to Island of the Idols and Yes. To be a figurehead, so and
1: she's an Olympian.
0: I feel like she'll sort of have like a uh Kelly Wigglesworth, sort of like, oh what an esteemed person, but not a lot of content, and just sort of lasts a while and then fizzles out.
1: Agreed. Like she's definitely like the Libby, or yeah, the Kelly Wigglesworth the great one where she's hooked to the season. And then just is actually not relevant, mm-hmm. so that's probably not a bad uh, bet at all. There, so yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. And I guess next up we have charisma. Oh, also, I think Elizabeth won't last that long. I think so. Oh, I
0: think she will last long. Oh yeah, okay. I think she's <laughs> gonna be a pre-merge boot.
2: Hmm.
0: I think I think she's making the merge.
2: Hmm.
1: Next up is charisma. Who I put number five on my winner contender list last <laughs> week, and then was probably not in the episode. That
0: yeah, stopped. like... Like, you saw her, at least, but really, it's as bad as Dean. Yeah. yeah like you, I do remember just a close-up of her looking pensive, but... She was excited about the spices, and I think she cheered on her team during the challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's it. <laughs> this is the one that's... like of all these three it's one of the weirder ones for me where i thought they were kind of setting something up here but i think she might just be work
0: uh oh true because she did get that first confessional she gets
1: the first confessional
0: you see everyone on the internet thinks
1: she's gonna win i think she's gonna win i think she's, gonna win, I think she's a fifth to win and then she's kind of is gone
0: completely and i think she still has that potential to trap people where it's like, oh, but Lyra didn't go to trap so, like, yeah, Krishna just didn't need that much content. Mm -hmm. I think this is an interesting case where Lyra was so invisible that that's, like, an extra circumstance that you might be like, yeah, it's too much, but I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see Krishna still sort of circling around winner contender lists. Not gonna lie,
1: she's probably top 3 on my for me.
0: Still. Uh, mm, no. I was low on her to begin with. So like she was at the bottom of my like, yeah, I could see it for the first episode. And yeah.
1: It's a lot like Laurel when I think about it where I don't know, she's I'm like, "Oh, well, it's really cool that her and Vince got this content together." I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute. Vince is really the one who talked about where he's from. She just kind of mentioned it."
2: Hmm.
1: Like, I, like, there's something missing there.
0: hmm. So, I really, really can't put a path forward for her. I really like her. Yeah, I like her, but I don't. I feel more strongly about Elizabeth making merge. I couldn't tell you where Karishma's gonna be.
1: Karishma got some weird content in the first episode where she was unsure of who to vote with. Mm hmm. That's the closest thing I think we have to a story for her is yeah. that she was like, oh, I want to go with the majority, but I have this woman. So she's the only one who showed like wavering on the Women's Alliance. Yeah. Which is maybe an important thing. Like maybe that's her story. She defects or something. I could see her being premerge, kind of easily like a swap mm-hmm. boot.
0: Like Natalia E or something. Mm-hmm. But um, We don't really have a, that much of a reason for that
1: to happen yet, but... Yeah. I guess we'll see. Um So, next up we have, in my opinion, the one person that really... Like, is the one person now, after Elaine's kind of fallen, keeping Lyra winner Equity alive, is Missy, who had, like, a really great episode, I thought. Mm. And... I mean, it's a great episode if there is more, but it is good that she gets to pop in, say that she has this woman's alliance, say that oh, she's always gonna try to rally people in the bottom. I feel like she's a really capable player, and I feel like we got to see that. I just think that unfortunately, this is Missy's a really great player that's important to the story, but not the winner,
0: yeah I think I think all that's right. I feel like she was saying the right things. Like, it felt like she compares herself to Kim Spradlin. I felt the things she was saying matched that, where she was saying, we have this girls' Alliance, but I'm going to talk to Aaron and say, hey, I still need you. The interaction with Aaron didn't go very well. And in the end, I felt like it was more Missy being shown negatively, like not mishandling it or mishandling it.
2: Mhm.
0: But I mean yeah, I saw that giant eye roll But it was from her. Like mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of fun, but um just out the top of my like Lyro contenders list for sure, fourth on the overall list, like it wasn't the worst episode, but that that gave me questions and I I think I tend to get hung up on those details as we'll see come Vokai, but uh yeah. That's where I stand on Missy. That's the thing; is she's so fun. She's very charismatic.
1: She's a good player. She's she's the one who's always going to get good content. And I think yeah. that's something that's very important to remember. She clearly is a lot like Kim Spradlin. Like this is, I feel like probably what Kim Spradlin looks like if she doesn't win, which is a little sad for me because I love when good players do well, and I love the instinct to go to Aaron and be like, "Please work with me." I think the answers that maybe you should wait till the morning after
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very interesting fuming because i think missy is in a similar position to where molly was on Vokai, where it very much seems like she's the figurehead of lyro and i guess interrogating whether Lyros in the same position where they're going to overthrow their queen or things are going to hold strong.
1: Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. That said, I think Missy's going to make it very far in this game.
0: Yeah, I think she has a lot of longevity potential, especially amidst Lyros. Like, doesn't seem like they're
2: mm-hmm.
1: too strong an- anyway, but yeah. She had an amazing introduction. Like, she wants to be the S-O-U-L survivor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I still think that... It, I'd probably bet she's the last Lyra standing.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, like, a Michael from Ghost mm-hmm. Island, sort of.
1: Big, yeah, the important... last
0: hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I guess
1: technically you have... Never forget Laurel. <laughs> yeah. Like, technically, Laurel <laughs> doesn't outplace Michael, but... Like, the way it's edited is, Malolo's hope is
0: gone when Michael's gone. Uh, Laurel's still going to win Ghost Island, actually,
1: so... <laughs> I thought Dominic won that.
0: No, it was... No. Jenna Bowman. <laughs> Jenna Bowman's still in there. That's a good
1: chance. <laughs> okay. Call me crazy. Was this a, not a pretty okay... Like, w- is it not good that Tom's the most good, like, is
0: still there? <laughs> It was interesting that he got some content. Um I don't know. Like it was like we said it's still slightly like weirdly gender focused. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know if that's just cuz that's how he is, but it doesn't ring the best for me. And overall with Lyro being so quiet, it just felt like, he was a good piece to give Chelsea some praise, as opposed to showing was there. Mm-hmm. I'm not, he's not in the Elaine Elizabeth Dean tier, but I'm not the highest on Tom.
1: He's just one that, to me, feels like his story could go pretty far. I mm-hmm. feel like he's somebody who's going to get duped by the Women's Alliance at some point. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's where his story's going, right? Is he's going to play really, really well, and then he's oh, didn't see these women coming. Ah, ha, ha.
0: I deserved oh, it. That's a good read. Yeah.
1: That's the vibe I get. You know what I mean? Like, all his content's about how people who you don't expect, like, Wayne Gretzky's not the biggest guy, but he's the best hockey player there ever was. In this episode, oh, Chelsea's so great. I can't believe... That me and Aaron couldn't make a fire, but she could. And so, like, it's, it's very much a story, constantly, of him kind of being competent and put in a leadership position, but also recognizing that other people are better than him. hmm He just is, like, like the elder statesman, almost. Like, it's, it's a good... Yeah. I feel like it's a good luck. Like, I don't know. I do think he is going to get bamboozled at some point, but... I don't even like
2: I
0: think he could go pretty far. Yeah. Well, I also think he could like if Lyra shenanigans happen next episode, like he could be that that elimination. And it's just sort of a positive like, oh wow, surprise, but
1: and he is a very good confessionalist.
0: Yeah. He's just he's very charismatic. Like I want to mm. see more of Tom.
1: Yeah, he can say very little and you get a complete idea of who this guy is. You know what I mean? He's like your yeah. weirdo. He's your, like, who is fun and has a good heart, but, you know, occasionally says something like, oh! <laughs> Did he- yeah. Did he mean to say that? <laughs> I hope that was just a slip of words, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, I feel like that's our boy Tom. I really like him. I feel like he's representing Canada well. <laughs> I still love that he's, like, He's working with, like, he's not working with Aaron. And I love that. I feel like that's really, really awesome. Yeah. Go, Tom. Huh. Now, I think this is an interesting one. If I remember correctly, you had Vince <laughs> on your list last week, right? I did. Do you still?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> like, okay, I still have him. Like, he's in the same tier as Tom, though for very different reasons. Like, I don't... It obviously was terrible. Like, it just doesn't line up with, like, oh, Vince is hardworking and, like, great. And then for him to come back and be like, but I was hardworking. Why did you vote for me? And just, like, have a lack of understanding almost how votes in Survivor works just didn't ring well to me at all. And then to have that be your only content, just... Not strong. It was like he was there. We knew Vince existed, so that's something in his favor, but it was in a very bad way. Yeah, Vince isn't just a character. I, I think like that's what we're mm-hmm.
1: getting. He gives me a lot of Dan Rangering or Chris Noble vibes, where hmm. his content's positive, negative, positive, negative. Like the the change, like he was a different character in this episode. And the first one's an empowering story of this. I forget his, uh, where he comes from, so I apologize. Like
0: Mong? I don't know. If, yeah, like, I, think... I don't know if there's any inflection on the H, but it starts with an H, H M O N G.
1: Yeah, I, th- I believe you're right there. So he's the first Mong survivor player. He's so hardworking, people underestimate him, and then he crushes it with the hatchet. And then he's super entitled about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very interesting story that they're telling there. And I can't imagine it's a good thing for Vince.
0: But remember, this is the person Sandra and Rob liked. So, what does that mean? It's also
1: weird. It's like, what if Ty had a second episode where instead of making you cry, he's like complaining about everyone else? Like, very weird. (laughs) And, I don't know, to me, I do think that Vince is somebody who... Could still win the game. I I don't think he's completely out of that possibility. And. He's probably a big character. This episode. Last episode I would have told, told you. He
0: would have made the merge. This episode I'm not so sure. I think he's still sort of on that Wendy trajectory. Where he could just be a big character. That lives longer than. You might think. But. Yeah. Doesn't make it to the end. Yeah. That's probably decently
1: spot on. I do think that his story is one of I I think it's very interesting that his one confessional was basically like, listen, I know that I should be nice and rope Aaron in. But then I was like, nah. <laughs> I, was like, oh. mm-hmm. I feel like that's the worst kind of confessional. Because I think you can have confessionals where you're ignorant or wrong or something. Because you can rebound from it and be like, oh, I didn't realize this would be a bad thing. Now I need to do everything I can to rebuild. But he consciously admits that he knows what the right thing to do is and doesn't do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the magic of it is that they can cut away all the bad things you say. They can (laughs) cut out the bad things you say after Tribal. Like, to have all those things together, it's just not a good look.
1: Agreed. It's some, like, villain upside, I think. And... Something to watch out for. I guess. Yep. So that's the Lyro tribe.
0: We'll move here to the Vokai tribe. I do want to okay, talk yeah. about the um, preview because it's very Lyro-centric. You see Vince, well, all the boys getting together and working together, but Vince is like, no. So I think Vince is defecting to the girl's side. And then you also have someone, like, injured. I couldn't tell who it was. Could you did you happen to see?
1: No. It's
0: like someone in a yellow like sweater cardigan. They're like kneeling and then you see like their hand could open. But yeah, I I think next episode will be very Lyra centric. And I wonder if it will be like the opposite of what happened this episode or if it'll be more balanced. And I think if it is more balanced, we'll definitely know our complex tribe is Vokai. Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean on the flip side, if it is still Vokai centric, then <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's even worse.
1: <laughs> you know, you never know, right? That kind of stuff mm-hmm. does happen.
0: I mean, they do have to go over there once because the Lyro attendee for Island of the Idols is breaking into their camp. So
1: True. True, true, true. I think that'll be that'll be fun. I think that is a good idea for the Island of the Idols to have it be the infiltrate the camp i think that is a fun idea yeah so now we'll move here to the vokai tribe with our boy creepy dan (laughs) who continues in my till lower in my estimation really i
0: i thought this was a good episode for dan
1: Okay, are we talking his longevity, or... I was talking my personal liking
0: of him. I liked him more this episode. Oh, no. (laughs) But I also think it was better for his winner chances. Like, not great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that first episode was a lot. But his sort of background, character, place he took, where he wasn't a target, he wasn't really too involved in any strategizing but he did get to the comment at tribal council it just felt like a good place after that first episode to be so
1: yeah this is kind of editly what what i expected of dan in this episode i remember last week you thought that dan would be a prime candidate to leave here and i'm like oh no this is a unfortunately a long-term story (laughs) I think I'm right. I think this is a long-term story. I think there's way too much thematic uh, content around how Survivor, a lot of the skills, putting up with obnoxious people. Mm -hmm. And Dan is right now the obnoxious person. If you were to put that label on somebody in a cast, it's Dan. He doesn't really get that content in this episode, even though he creepily kisses Kelly's head. (laughs) Um, Again... What a creepo, but I digress. I do think that him being like a losing finalist is absolutely in play right now.
0: Ooh, that's an interesting take.
1: Where so yeah, much content I feel in that first episode is how evil Dan is, but
0: he's surprisingly complex. He gets personal content. He feels like a anti-Julie like julie Mm -hmm. is this heroic motherly like we know where she came from she peed in central park and then dan is this talent manager who's creepy and it feels but not a lot of complexity in this episode and it feels like he could be in it for the long haul that's -hmm. really interesting i think the julie thing is actually spot on
1: like what happens when you're given the julie rosenberg edit to (laughs) <laughs> the hollywood talent manager in the year 2019 <laughs> think this is what you get um <laughs> it's unfortunate but i really do think i was shocked that he was just like clued into the majority you know what I mean like there was no oh do we have to worry about dan like dan was not even brought up at all he was just mm-hmm. firmly safe here
0: yeah i don't know Yes, Dan is kind of creepy, but at the same time, I'm kind of excited for Dan's trajectory and a season where Dan is a losing finalist.
1: Oh, I think it's so possible, like, <laughs> especially because in the preseason, he said that his strategy was go to everyone and say, I'm rich, I don't care about winning, I just want to make it the end, mm. is apparently his strategy from day one. He, like, worships Mike White's game in David vs. Goliath. It really, like, I think it's super possible. Again, I think we're going to get, like, a horrible moment with Dan. Mm -hmm. I really, like, that is my, to the bottom of my heart, I really think that we're going to get a super creepy related to stripping moment with Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's our losing finalist. Hmm. Which, I don't know. He could also just be, like, an antagonist, right? Like, he... Could he be Bradley? Yes. I just think it's so much more likely that he's like a Mike White or a Julie. <laughs> Which
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you just sort of, you said that though, and it just sort of, oh, like that fits, like that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So. Because
1: yeah. he could have been over the top negative in the first episode. He wasn't.
0: And yeah. then you also
1: had that content of him and Kel- Kelly being like, well, we're going to be with each other for all 39 days.
0: Oh man, Yeah.
1: I don't know. To me it really he's the one who doesn't get the winner quote. He gets to the end, you know, like
0: Oh man. Wow. I'm I don't glad know, that now, I impressed you. Now I'm more excited.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure we'll get a
1: plenty more
0: uh yeah.
1: Dan's personal space content.
0: Yeah, especially if he's making a to like losing finalist, I think he could very easily spoil it in my eyes and I could very easily turn face on Dan. But Yeah, it's like Will Sims. You have to, like you have
1: to have the content of them being a jerk. <laughs> like <laughs> And I think that's one thing is I think the last couple seasons they've had losing finalists that were pretty likable. And I think they've seen that backfire over and over again. Right. I, I think they're really gonna want a traditional losing finalist, which normally mm-hmm. has been like reprehensible people. Yeah. So, uh, watch out for that. Um, (laughs) And I guess, do you have anything else to hear to say about Dan? No, not for this episode. This next person, I said this to you before we recorded, I think Jack had the most interesting edit in this episode of anybody. Yes. Yes. Because, obviously, you have the king, the queen, and the jack, which was a brilliant confessional, by the way. Very, (laughs) uh, very funny, I thought. But he gets roped into this, like, villainous three. Jamal and Molly, they're sleeping, they're snoring. But then we get this little confessional by Jack where they're doing yoga, where he talks about how, you know, he doesn't really want to have a desk job. He just wants to chill out and on the beach and do yoga all day to make him way more likable than the others.
0: Yep. And he's also, he's not really shown that nefariously once I I feel like there's a point where the three really turns and you can tell we're not supposed to root for them and it's at that point Jack sort of isn't shown in the same ways Jamal or Molly are so agreed yeah. yeah I leave this episode really high on Jack like he's my number one contender
1: I'm not that high
0: but I'm pretty
1: dang high on Jack. He'd probably be my number two or three. Uh, I'll lock that in a little bit later once we talk about person that I'm very curious about what you think. Mm-hmm. With Jack, this is, we always make fun of the idea of like shielding from negativity by enrolling them. Mm-hmm. That school of thought would say that they would not show Jack in this episode but i think what this
0: is what you actually see
1: yes if you i think protect someone
0: yeah i think what we've seen of they'd be like uh oh that's what they're doing with dean they're just shielding him with negativity 24 <laughs> 7. no i think this is right where there's evidence against it it really sort of sets up like oh but i still want to root for jack after this mm-hmm. like yeah, Molly and Jamal are evil, but, like, Jack just sort of seems looped in, and, like, I don't know. <laughs> he's in the bad group for this episode, but don't forget, he's
1: lovely and nice. Yeah. He rescues puppies all day. And remember,
0: Molly's just the glue. Like, that's mm-hmm. just what bonds Jamal and Jack together, so we can get Jack back. And don't forget, I think this single.
1: so I think, like, I think that confessional by him... That kind of exonerates him as like a bad person is very, very good for him. But I think the thing that actually makes this a good episode for Jack is Tommy saying, again, Tommy, you might remember him as good friend of Jack in the first episode. That mm-hmm. was kind of gone for most of the episode until you get to the end when Tommy tells Kelly or Janet, I forget which one, that, oh, he's got Jack in his back pocket and they can absolutely rope him in after It reminds us that, oh, Jack and Tommy are very, very close. Mm -hmm. And to me, this almost reads like a, the edit jumped the shark in the first episode. How do you mean? Okay, so this is my theory. So in Survivor Ghost Island, we see in the premiere, Dominic's in trouble. He's rubbing people the wrong way. Wendell has a lot of power. Wendell goes and saves Dominic's reputation. And then from then on, Dominic's able to flourish as a player, right? Mm -hmm. that relationship seemingly built on the first round that duo forms there I think I think that's a a thing that actually happened and then you see it carry throughout I think Jack was actually Molly's number one ally for the first round and they showed us a scene of Tommy and Jack bonding in episode one when they were not actually working together very closely Mm -hmm. in this episode I think we saw where they actually started becoming allies. Molly leaves. I think I'm guessing right after tribal Tommy ropes Jack in. And from then on, they're a duo. But I think in on the beach, Jack and Tommy are not number one allies until Molly left. Hmm. So I think the edit showed them as the, the complex duo before they were the complex duo. So then they had to do this weird song and dance to explain where Jack was. Cause Jack was
0: talking about Tommy. Hmm. I think that's, that's really interesting. Does Tommy ever say like anything about Jack's really specifically in confessional in this episode? Uh, I, I, he has that scene with Janet where he's like, I'm going to lose Jack and Jamal. But if he doesn't say anything confessional, that just feels like the best place they could grab content from. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did. Hmm. Like he did I, mention
1: like the cool kids, the nerds, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like, that's how I'm reading this, that Jack and Tommy are our complex duo of the season. I think that is I think I'm willing to lock that in. But they were not number one allies from day one. They hmm. were actually allies from day seven. But the edit to tell the story to casual watchers and everything explained them in episode one. Which made it a little awkward, which made it over justify this relationship, which makes it really Mm-hmm.
0: That's my little conspiracy theory there. I think it's good. I'm just It's a lot of pieces to fit in because I'm thinking of all that's happened on Vokai, which really should tell us how like much the complex tribe they are. But you're thinking about like the six and then this like Conga line of Jason was the target. Now Dan's the target. Now Nora's the target. Like all these pieces trying to fit in place and of course they're all editing around stuff. I think it is a really good take on how things are actually proceeding there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which
1: to me is just it's a sign that like what happens when you have Dominic and Wendell, but they meet at the swap or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're like, oh, well, we want to justify them as super close. So people think of them together. But we also have no content of them together right now. So we kind of have to improvise a little bit and over justify this one moment early on. Yeah. I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, And I agree. I think Jack is such a high winner contender. So much upside. I'd give him a huge amount of
0: equity. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm shocked. I'm looking online and it seems like he's not a popular pick.
0: I think if you look at a edgic chart it's a really weird start for someone of his archetype like two kind of under the radar episodes like but I think they've been like packed with content for under the radar episodes so Agreed.
1: No this is the like actually Michelle Fitzgerald had a shockingly amount of content and I'm air quoting you know what I mean like mm-hmm. this is the okay yeah she wasn't the most visible winner but everything she said was so complex and thrust in there and felt like i had purpose <laughs> that really she had a bunch you knew so much about her we yeah. know so much about jack for how little he's actually been on screen
0: it's like this is the stuff when jack goes like 10th place that we're like well they just kind of threw that all the way didn't they like that's where i'm getting Mm-hmm. with this so i'm hoping it's not the case and obviously because i have jack number one and not tommy in this i think that sort of uh plays my hand but yeah i feel really good about jack and tommy as a duo looking at vokai as a complex tribe and putting all the pieces together so absolutely agreed i, I would
1: put a lot of equity specifically on jack or tommy i am in the tommy camp but hmm. we'll get we'll to get that there. we'll get there <laughs> We'll talk here about Jamal,
0: who is now just officially the villain, right? Yeah, not a great look. Like, really, just any any chance I had of him winning, I feel like this was an episode that was just like, no, like, we're not supposed to root for him. Agreed. I think I might have Jamal last. He's never a theme for me. I guess I sort of look at it like because I looked at these obviously bad people on Vokai and I'm like, well, some content is better than (laughs) no content. And so like Elaine Elizabeth Dean are at the bottom and then I have the bad Vokai people down here. But Jamal's not the lowest. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I guess it's a
1: real question of like, is it better to have Terrible content on Vokai or good content on uh, Lyro? No content on Lyro. <laughs> <Like, laughs> that's the thing; is uh, it's hard to um, really compare. But yeah, it just become a he's, a I I think a pre-merge villain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of complexity to there. Just like very easily. Like these first two episodes have, I feel like they're trying to be sneaky. They're like trying to hide who's going home, but they really show it. Like there's a slow turn from the three being okay and just a power group to like know they're awful villains who should go in favor of the underdogs.
1: Yeah, I'm really curious if any of the 50 million. Or not fifty million, like nine million people <laughs> watching Survivor uh, across the United States. If anyone thought that uh, anyone but Molly was, or anyone but the three was leaving, like to me, it was this was an episode that so telegraphed a three's downfall. I wasn't a hundred percent sure it would be Molly. I thought there's a chance it would be Jamal actually.
2: Hmm.
1: But yeah, I think it's just so bad. Like. And he just yeah. got
0: raked over the coals. Yeah. Like, like I suggest a mid-afternoon nap. And you can almost hear, like, his, like, fingers, like, doing the, like, Mr. Burns, like, evil mm-hmm. fidget. It was just, yeah. And, like, and his he's... comments at Tribal, <sighs> no good.
1: <laughs> like, he got raked by Jason. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, <laughs> you don't even have your bags. It's like, well, some people need their bags and some don't. Like, What a pompous dick! (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, imagine like you're Jason and you've been trying to apply this show for ten years or whatever, and then you're on a trip with Jamal, who's just telling you, "Oh, you're you're leaving, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm not even bringing my bag. Let's go have a nap." Sorry.
0: Oh no. I mean, to be fair, Molly was a super fan, though, and then for this to be the way she goes is, like, ugh. But, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of disappointed. Like, I was really high on Jamal preseason. The premiere was kind of like, eh, I don't really see it. And then this episode was just like, well, that's someone I don't feel like rooting for.
1: (laughs) And hopefully it gets better. I could see him going far, but honestly, I I would take the under the merge for him. Like I would, I predict him being early merge or early pre merge,
0: probably leaving soon. Yeah, looking at what we've talked about with Vokai, like I think we obviously feel Vokai is majority at the merge. A lot of them going deep. Like I don't see where Jamal fits into that, especially Mm -hmm. now. It makes a lot more sense for Jamal
1: to get voted out and then Jack be like, all my allies are gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll be that. I think Jack will flip before Jamal goes. Also
1: true. Also true. Yeah. I just think it makes so much more sense to have Jack without them, mm-hmm. which is, I think, just very bad for Jamal. Maybe he could make a swap. Like, I think that's realistic. Like, He could leave on the yeah. swap. He. He could fit in a bunch of spots, but I would put money on pre-merge. Yeah, it's
0: almost the longer Jamal lasts, the worse it is for Jack. Yes, yeah, agreed with that.
1: So now let's talk about Janet, who had an amazing and then really kind of vanished in this episode. She did get to be shown having some like strategic conversations. She was clearly involved in the plan, which is good. Mm. But I think this is something that I kind of noticed last week. Where she had such a good episode of it proving herself and showing who she really was. That's the end of a story. Like that's the beginning and end of a story. She's the first, mm-hmm. the older woman who's kind of kooky who proves them wrong, and she needs a she needs a second act. She doesn't have it.
0: I don't think she's that. Like, like does that mean you think she's going pre merged then? Or? No. Okay. I think she feels like a older lady losing finalist who isn't a losing finalist mm-hmm. like they don't they don't make her the julie where she's i guess they kind of did but like it it just doesn't work out here she feels she feels like she fits into that majority but is like a early finale boot that seems reasonable honestly i don't know what janet to
1: me i really like i feel like i would bet bet that she will get a second act but I can't properly assess where she's going because I think her primary story's over. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where, okay, she proved herself. So now who who is she? Mm-hmm. We know she's a badass, but that's it. I need more. I need a second part to this story and it's not there yet. This episode didn't provide it. I don't think that's an indictment. I think that's fine. I think I would give her tell
0: episode four to have a second part. She's really just in this bizarre spot where the fr- the premier really reassured that she's doing good for this tribe and it seems like she's in a good place she's never discussed as a target but she's always also left out of like majority conversations and like all that so she just doesn't have a place and I need her to find a place within Vokai for mm. any any chance of her winning for me the
1: thing that actually makes her really strong is her connection to Dan that has clearly been presented that they're close but she's been completely and entirely removed from his negativity. hmm Like I think we as the audience know that they are voting together and they are an alliance. But they've done it in a way that's clever enough that we also know that she is against what he's doing. Mm-hmm. She mentions, "Oh, Molly also had a problem." She's immediately just completely on Kelly's team. That's really, really good for her. Is her longevity? I think is that she is connected to Dan in that way. Which, to me, that's why I have her still high. Like I, th- I would probably still have her in my top five.
2: Hmm,
1: I don't have her quite that high, but maybe a little lower. Like I'll, I'll 100% lock that down with we... the end of this, but.
0: <laughs> To me, she's in winner-contender tier. Yeah. She's, like, mid-tier. Like, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm.
1: That's I think that's 100% fair, too. But she's clearly an important character, which...
0: You think so? I'd say so. I feel like I'm going to be disappointed by how little content we actually get from her, despite her lasting a while.
1: I hope you're wrong.
0: <laughs> well, me too. I guess it's possible. Like
1: I try to think of people who had like huge premieres in the finish. Like, Hmm. I'm sure I'm blanking on some people, but I guess it's possible. Like, wait, what was Sunday's premiere in millennials for Gen X? It was was still quiet.
0: Uh, The really, the examples I think of are like losing finalists, like your Carolyn's, and your Chrissy's and your Julie's. Like,
1: yeah. Carolyn is a good parallel, actually.
0: It feels for some reason it feels different. Like it does. Doesn't feel like a losing finalist. I guess she doesn't have like that solid number two. Like you talk about her being with Dan, but like it wasn't really explored here. And I don't know. It just doesn't feel like she's exactly. in anything that will carry her to the end. Agreed with that. She's in nothing concrete. Mm -hmm. She
1: clearly has a relationship with Tommy. She has a relationship with Dan. She's not in an official alliance with anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. That is a problem for her. So, I guess we'll move here to Jason. Who had an amazing episode. Like, this was a real coming out party for me. uh, For Jason. As a viable winner, I think
2: last mm. week, we
1: were very, very low on him. I was super low on him, and he really, really impressed me both as a player as a character. He was way more entertaining than I thought he would be like the this is Footloose, no dancing, no dancing, and then he kind of dances like that was that was <laughs> so cute. him and Nora, the best duo, I wish they were the <laughs> complex duo. just great
0: i'm I'm not so high on him. I think he's about the same as last episode. Like, he still just feels like the person who's occupied this space so many times before, but with, like, very little complexity. Like, we still didn't really get anything personal from him. Like, I don't know, he just feels like a stock character version of this rather than Jason. That is fair. I guess
1: for me, part of it is that like maybe he's just kind of smart. He's a personal injury attorney. You're not getting like this guy's not getting any sympathy from talking about his job. Like I feel like that's the most hated job in the world, right? Like sure, like literally, I feel like you could not say anything would get less of a enthusiastic reaction. But I just think he, I think he might be that just kind of unlikable that he. I feel like they won't give him any personal content. Hmm. But that said, I do think that – I don't think he's our winner. I think this episode made me think that he's not a flop. I thought last episode he was going to, like, crash and burn pre-merge. And I think he could be – he could be a losing finalist, to be honest. But huh.
0: I like him more, but I still think he's going to go pre-merge.
1: Hmm. Huh. I hope you're not right, because I actually really, really <laughs> loved him in this. And that bond with Nora, I thought, was really good. I thought maybe... Okay, I had a theory in my head that maybe this is a story of Nora and Jason and kind of crush this game together by (laughs) looking out for each other. I'm an idiot,
0: aren't I? I just... I really can't see how Jason and Nora... Like, they won this episode, but like... What did they win? They still seem like... They're at the bottom. Like, like people said, Molly was the glue. That's not saying we're going to start working with Jason and Nora. That's saying we need to break Jamal and Jack away from this so that we can get them for later.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I think I, that.
0: <laughs> I, I get why you like him.
1: He's, okay, like, <laughs> everybody who listens to the podcast, I have a game bot bias. I love game bots. I will always love game bots. I want him to do well because he's actually fun. I do love the assume nothing, think outside the box. Is that a cliche? <clears throat> yes. But I do love that as a survivor's, like, philosophy, honestly. is like, don't, because he was so humble. I think this is like, at least he was yeah. presented that way.
0: He had some, I think, Spencer Bledsoe tones. hmm Where it
1: just, even in the first episode, his content isn't, I'm going to hustle, it's, I, I messed up. I could be the first one out. What an idiot I am. Mm-hmm. It's very self-reflective. And I hope, I guess my hope, this is the thing that always burns me. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at usually having a goodish read on the edit. The one thing that always gets me is I want Survivor to ha- tell a little bit more sophisticated sto- stories, of someone can acknowledge their faults and that be a good thing. But I think, unfortunately, usually Survivor is like person is bad, person
0: is good. <laughs> no gray. <laughs> and, yeah, I think that always gets us, and we always get trapped by like the people we like. Like, obviously, there the stakes are set up in such a way that we're like. Well, I obviously want to put some logic into this, but I also want, like, these people to win. Like, I've done it with Jenna Bowman, I've done it with Laurel, I've done it with Julie. Like, I don't know, it's like that. And, like, I, I can see it still. It's I, just... I just think, why did they develop Jason and Nora so much? I don't know, because... I think it's a nice two episode arc where Jason's in trouble, and Nora goes to him, and then Nora's in trouble, and Jason goes, yeah, back. and like I don't know, after the
1: Gabby and Christian fiasco, where when Gabby needs help, I help her, and when i uh, she needs help, i or vice versa, whatever it is, I got lost in that metaphor, but <laughs> I feel like I no longer trust that story where it's like oh no they're probably gonna turn on each other it's gonna be so sad (laughs) they're gonna turn each other for no reason so Mm -hmm. ah jason the problem with jason for me is that other people exist like i would put Mm -hmm. him not in my top five and i feel like the fact that some of these other people are getting the content like tommy being the guy who gets the after the challenge and before a tribal confessional is so bad for Jason.
0: Eh. I mean, I'll say that's maybe I'm devil's advocating, but I would say Jason is the really obvious person. Like you're obviously going to go to him after the commercial break and be like, oh, I'm in trouble. Better do some stuff. Um, so giving it to Tommy is sort of an aside. I don't think it's the worst for him. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. We'll see. We'll see. see. What am I right about? I don't know anymore.
1: (laughs) It's hard to know, right? In that lens. To me, it's just, I guess I would have expected Jason to be like, well, you know what? If this is the end of my story, I fought for my friends. And I think that's what he would get if he was winning. (laughs) I just think that Tommy shouldn't leave this episode looking like the hero. When Jason just
0: saved his friend, <laughs> that's kind of my problem. Well, did Jason do it though?
1: No, Lauren did.
0: Yeah, Lauren. Yeah, that's okay. the other thing. We'll Lauren should it. look
1: like the hero, and she doesn't.
0: Eh. Well, okay, okay. We this is where Kelly This is where the people I'm liking comes in. But yeah, we gotta. Okay, Kelly is like a huge like part of the episode. Is my favorite. <laughs> like warning
1: to all listeners uh, (laughs) kelly is the one that i will want to win every episode because oh my god she's so likable like she's so charming she's so likable i just love her so much that said i think this is actually a pretty dang good episode for separate to that gustin rob says oh watch out she's super analytical i don't really know where she showed she was that analytical but um you know (laughs) it happens and he said that she could win the game and she got she got this crappy 3 idol or 3 tribal idol and there's never been a more heroic crappy 3 tribal <laughs> idol
0: in the history of the world especially for someone who doesn't appear to need it like ever like Kelly feels pretty secure in this tribe i would say mm mm-hmm. Um I agree. Yeah, I would say this was a really good episode for Kelly. I feel on the whole obviously with Lyro collapsing and some of the way the voci people were portrayed, people went mostly down in my estimations, but like Kelly skyrocketed. Like Kelly's my number 2. <gasps> like <That's laughs> shocking. I I think this is a strong episode. I think you can forgive sort of the quietness of our first episode by this necessary trip to Island of the Idols where you're going to have to reveal a lot of personal stuff about her. She's going to have a really big part. Um, It just felt totally different to Elizabeth, obviously because Elizabeth was portrayed as stupid at the Island of the Idols or as Kelly was portrayed as um, smart and astute and analytical. Uh, All that being said, it's almost an episode that has to be good by necessity, I think. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kelly fell as soon as she rose in this episode, but just sort of like a shining episode for her.
2: No,
1: that's the thing. Like, this was an episode all about how great Kelly is in every single way, like if you're going to like Lyro whatever Lyro gets their 2 minutes of content and then it's Kelly for like 20 minutes mhm and then she even gets to comment on the vote and she's shown as one of the people flipping it
0: oh yeah and they're like uh Kelly just summed it up so well i have no idea what she said it sounded like very general like uh i don't know like survivor philosophy to me but like Nora was like oh that was great Kelly <laughs> I agree. Like, I was like,
1: okay, I love Kelly, I've been hoodwinked, I'm in love. That was like generic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Trust is important. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like one problem with Kelly is I don't, she's not the biggest Survivor fan. Um that's very obvious, but she definitely knew who Boston Robin uh Sandra were, which is an improvement. She knew who Cochrane was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That made me so happy. Like that works so much better when someone actually is excited to see
0: mm-hmm. the
1: at Elizabeth. But <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, no, Kelly, she actually has a story. It is tied to Dan a little too much still. Not at all in this episode, obviously, but she has this whole story about not believing in herself and she wants to learn. I've always thought that this um theme is gonna be the story of like Someone's gonna like it's not gonna be about a perfect person winning. It's gonna be a flawed person learns from Boston Robert Sandra. The theme's gonna be about improving yourself. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that with Kelly. She's unsure of herself whether to take the quiz or not. Then she says YOLO let's play, is rewarded for it. I think that was pretty good for her, all things yeah. considered.
0: I think going forward from here, the best thing would definitely be to see her build on that information and firm something up that's solid with the people in this tribe like literally anyone like make a solid alliance with them and like yeah like she needs a complex duo
2: hmm
1: yeah she needs a relationship that the problem okay question if next episode her and dan get a really touching bonding moment Does she already have one? Oh, well, yeah. Is Dan her complex duo? Yeah, I think so. Right? I think that's very possible. Because as negative and, like, personally uh, as uh, reprehensible Dan's actions in the last episode and in this episode, we leave that episode Kelly saying we had a good talk.
0: And I might have to put up with him for 39 days.
1: I I think so.
0: That's so spot on. But I want it to happen. But yeah.
1: That would be one of the darker timelines for me. Because, (laughs) (laughs) like, that would be. I don't know if I trust Survivor to comment on this (laughs) nuancedly enough. But we'll we'll see. If (laughs) so. Like, if that's the path we go on, and it's Kelly somehow being able to work with this, like, total creepo who's creeping on her all the time. Like, she's the Sierra Don Thomas of Worlds Apart. Massive hats (laughs) off to Kelly for not – because that's – you know what it is? Okay, so maybe the theme that we were talking about with the say, what's on your mind, speak your mind, is most perfectly encapsulated by Kelly's story. She has so much to hate about Dan. You see it in her eyes, the way she talks in confessional. Then when she talks to Dan, it's so relaxed and calm. She doesn't say what she means. She Mm -hmm. is gentle and warm and kind and understanding. Maybe that's what we're supposed to be tracking. I'm here for it. If so, I mean, I think Kelly's if she's our winner, is a very talented survivor player. So... Mm -hmm. I think Kelly is a lock for the merge. Yes. That would be my, like, I just don't see a world where she
0: isn't one of our characters. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's more like most of Vokai is a lock for the merge speaking. And I really Mm -hmm. can't see a way where Kelly leaves, but. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet.
1: so do you have anything else to say about kelly i don't
0: think so good good idol play with Mm -hmm. her hair like i feel like someone totally would have noticed that though like i've never had a bun but i feel like there's something solid in it like that's a (laughs) it's a red Mm -hmm. flag i really feel like i'm shocked no one did
1: but hats off to her and I Okay, this is another thing before we go. I do want to say, Kelly's decision to fake the mental breakdown. I want every survivor that they cast, every castaway, to be that creative, that willing to commit in the moment. That is, I don't think it's being talked about enough, how we've never seen anything like that. Yeah, for sure. We've seen the breakdown. We've seen the... Like all that, we've never seen someone in confessional. Like it was Johnny Fair play, level. felt like, or like I'm gonna go in, I'm not that nervous, and I'm just gonna break down and hope they buy it mm-hmm. because no one's get, like they won't want to see me strip. I just hope they do it. And we're getting the confessional as she's doing it. It was yeah. powerful and so good. That's the level of hunger I want all of those people to be having.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what made me love her, by the way. It was just that moment was like. You're the greatest. Yep. So, let's move here to Lauren, who I feel like had a huge episode. I, at one point, left the episode like, oh, this was really good for Lauren. On more reflection, I don't think it was a very good episode for her winner chances. It gave me way too much... One of my favorite survivors ever, Michelle
0: Schubert vibes.
1: Hmm. From Millennial First Gen X.
0: Yeah. Lauren might be my Jason, where I like like her so much, I'm like, look at all these good things that happened. Like she was obviously shown as like the spearhead of the anti Molly campaign, which I think is a weird place for it to come from. Like you sort of have Jason and Nora being like, oh no, what do we do? We we can't do anything. And then there's this weird like Lauren, Janet, Kelly powwow where Lauren's like, what do you think about Molly? And that seems to set everything in motion. Mm-hmm. So I think it was good. We got a lot of reaction shots at Tribal of her being like, knowingly like shocked or surprised. I don't know. It just... I say I'm really high on her. She's like my fifth contender. But I think I'm lower than I was on her on the premiere. Hmm. Okay.
1: For me, Lauren is interesting. Where, again, I love the drive here. Of like, okay, well, we could vote out the people that everyone wants to vote out. But I didn't want to vote them out. And I could rope them in instead. Thank Mm -hmm. goodness people are finally thinking about that because, I'm sorry, but the, I just don't want to be the first one out is so boring and lazy. (laughs) Praise (laughs) Queen Lauren. Love you for that. I don't think we learned enough about why she wanted to do this. I wish we would have got I feel on the outside, I I feel like we didn't get that. Like, we just got, oh, there are three.
0: Yeah, I think that 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 is a good point that up until this point we had no reason to believe why Lauren was against those three. Like, if anything, Lauren was almost the fourth in the mm-hmm. high school clique. And, like, I think the other thing is we didn't get any sign that she was in
1: danger. She didn't say, I'm worried for my chances. I'm. It was just, I don't have anything against Jason and Nora.
2: hmm.
1: Which is a very different thing completely than what we were kind of sold there. She could win. She needs more personal content, obviously. That's mm-hmm. obvious. To me, it's just... She's probably a very good player who just... That's what she is in this game. She's a good player. And people are going to stan her and stuff. But
0: she doesn't have the... She doesn't have a story. hmm Yeah. Very good confessionals. Very good play, but... Yeah, she needs something to, like, sort of put it all together with. I don't know, I guess I would lower her, but, like, my next person on the list is Chelsea, and it's like, she really worse than Chelsea, and... (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) I think that's fair. Like, I would... If she wins, I won't... I would be surprised, to be honest. I would be surprised if this is the edit they give her if she wins. Because I feel like yeah. you could probably just give her more.
0: Yeah, I think it's, like, surprised in a good way, which is never how Survivor goes. So, yeah, probably not likely.
2: hmm
1: So, I mean, that's something. With Lauren, do you have anything else to say? I don't think so. Oh, she's somebody, to me, that reads like she could be a pr- swap boot.
0: Hmm. mm yeah, she could be like a shock pre-merge boot.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's really on the table as to just like leave earlier than people would expect. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm leaning with that. Like that's what it, it. It's like somebody who plays super well pre like a Brendan. I feel like Brendan from yeah. Ghost Island. Yeah, where it's like, oh, look, this guy's so good, he's playing so well. Oh, he was so good, so he got voted out of the swap when he gets swapped. Screwed.
0: Yeah, I guess I will say Lauren is definitely playing well. I don't know if the show is highlighting it that much. They want to show her as like a character and like a bubbly character, but like they really don't focus on her gameplay, I feel. Mm -hmm. They want to make her someone likable. Agreed. Where they go from there, I'm not sure. I want it to be a win. Let's manifest a win for Lauren. (laughs) seriously pray pray for that
1: but (laughs) yeah so that's lauren next up we have my girl nora oh nora i have loved so dearly what a fantastic character
0: (laughs) oh i guess the one thing we didn't touch on when we should have touched on way earlier was how this episode started it wasn't a previously on Mm. it was like here's some highlights from the episode you're about to see and it was like A shot of Nora, Kelly crying, and then Aaron and Missy talking.
1: It was like when you watch The Bachelor or The Challenge or something. It's like, coming up in this episode! Yeah.
0: Don't turn the channel! It's very weird. Yeah, I guess... Do you feel that has ramifications on, like... The stuff that happened in episode one didn't matter. Or, like, is it just they wanted to show a little bit, but they didn't have enough time to really warrant a ton because of Island of the Idols? I think we're seeing them be a lot more Mm time-conscious in
1: the last two seasons, right? Last season, we saw a lot of No Previously On. Yeah. That's because the game didn't end up mattering. but... Aww. (laughs) It is a thing, right? Like, I'm if something really, really important happened that they needed the audience to know, they'd probably
0: yeah have one. Because you gotta think, like, with that Jeff Probst narration, you need a lot of time there to be like, "This is what happened." But if you just show like three quick blips of what's going to happen, that's like the compromise to make. So yes, like that took eight seconds versus yeah a minute. Because Jeff has to be like, two tribes marooned on beaches, Island of the Idol, uh, Elaine was in trouble, but Ronnie yeah. was sent home. Like, but, it, like, t- it took me longer to say that than the actual preview we got. And then even like,
1: if they cut out all the superfluous stuff, if they cut out previously on Survivor, if they cut out the the two tribes, whatever, then what it'll be is, Tommy and Jack became friends, and Molly was observant or whatever. So (laughs) it would just be stuff that's so in your face. Mm -hmm. Cause it has to be long enough that there's some stuff that isn't. So, Oh, this is, they're telling us the winner story. Cause that could be where it gets, right? It's like, Oh, Tommy and Jack are good friends. That's all you need to know. Bye.
0: (laughs) Um, My truth is that I would focus on Lauren. So. Agreed.
1: (laughs) Agreed. So I hope Lauren gets more content. I She's my pick for the person who will get robbed. She's the one that they're telling us is a good player and d- doesn't get a chance to play as much Survivor as they wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move again here to Nora, uh, who, again, I love. Had a weird episode.
0: Complex <laughs> episode. Too much dancing. Too much dancing. She's just... <sighs> Like what a person. Like it's like, how do people get on Survivor and still act like that? And it's not even like oh, but they just like you can't hide the real you forever. Like if who's is, who is this the real person of <laughs> like I don't know. I really I really enjoy her. Like higher than the invisible trio of Lyro. Like Yeah if this i would love for this to turn into a win that would be amazing um but uh. one
1: thing that is kind of interesting is if you look at all the relationships in the game and if we view the game as there's teachers and there's students Nora's mm-hmm. absolutely a student i mean okay she's a yoga teacher she's like all the other yoga teachers we we learn that but you can kind of view the narrative as Jason teaching Nora how to be a survivor player. In this episode, right? That's kind of the arc of the episode is. Jason's like, "Okay, Nora, I get it. You're right. These people are lazy. But Survivor's not about telling people that. Survivor's about chilling out, being yourself, being cool calm and collected and putting up with them. That's what you have to do, Nora." "Hey, Nora, we're we're good now. We've saved ourselves." And then she starts dancing and he's like, "No, you no dancing. You don't congratulate. Like you don't celebrate until after it's done. We got a job to do. We can't let people see. It's him teaching her how to be a okay survivor player. Her arc could be kind of long term, where she's the Matthew from Amazon. She's the student to uh, Mister Lookalike Rob Sesternino, according to
0: himself. He did. He did kind of look like Rob Sesternino at Tribal. Yeah, he did, actually. At Tribal, I saw it. At Tribal, I saw it.
1: (laughs) Um, But it could be that arc. You know what I mean? It could literally be that story.
0: But I guess, wouldn't you say that Nora taught Jason first, in the first episode? You teach me and I'll
1: teach you, Pokemon. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think that's probably that's actually the theme. But I don't know. I think that's really good for her that she's a willingness to learn.
0: I yeah, I think that is a good like. If you're looking for positives in this, I think that is a good. And I guess that is a lot of content you're not going to just throw away. Like, hmm. I, I don't know.
1: It was a very touching story. I I think the longer Jason the better it's going to be. Mhm. But, but that might just be my selfish viewing. I think that I guess my take is she'll be here way longer than she really should. Yeah. Cuz you're right like what kind of person is this? Where did they find her? <laughs> Cuz I believe she's not a survivor fan if I correctly.
0: I don't think so.
1: So they just found this girl somewhere. Like that's the <laughs> bizarre thing. <laughs> like they met this girl enough to see her weird quirky side, which mm-hmm. just out of nowhere, which yeah. I think is really fascinating.
0: Yeah, I think in the preseason Jeff is like, yeah, I knew I wanted this girl within five minutes of casting, which okay, Jeff, you say that about, like, everyone. Um, I think you said that about Dean, so you're mm-hmm. clearly an unreliable narrator. But, yeah, I think there's something to her. And I think yeah. she could last longer than She might. We might expect.
1: She. I I did like that. Jeff Probst was like, "Could she do well? Maybe. Probably not." (laughs) That was (laughs) that was funny, and I'm sure they're shocked because I think my prediction again makes the merge. I guess the thing is, as soon as Jason's gone, she's gone. Is my one problem with her? I guess she could have some Natalie Anderson upside. Hmm. Let me think that. (laughs) <laughs> right, could Jason be her Jeremy? Could she be Natalie Anderson?
0: Okay, so Jason's her Jeremy, she's Natalie Anderson. Yes. I was wondering if you were going the opposite way.
1: Ooh. No, I think it's I think it's the other okay. way. I think okay. I think it is
0: the uh... and I think she's well, I don't know. I if that's, that's the, the case we need we need to see a quieter Nora for the rest of the pre-merge.
1: Yeah, it needs to be her being like, I learned my lesson from Jason. Like, she needs really complex confessionals. The
0: other thing that was kind of surprising to
1: me, she got so much content, but almost none of them were confessionals. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she. I'm guessing her confessionals are just insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, because like, It was so interesting the way Jeff asked her a question at Tribal. She started answering it, and then she, like, turned to the rest of her tribe and, like, (laughs) kept answering it like she was talking to them. (laughs) It was just, like, a very interesting uh, style of presentation.
1: Absolutely. She reads like somebody who's never, like, it actually reads like she's never seen Survivor in the way that she did. What it's presented like, you know what I mean? Like that's how that reads to me. Is
0: yeah, that's that it true. Turns the, yeah. To the group that doesn't happen. Like all of her behavior, like yes, like Jason's trying to get her to stop dancing because he knows, like, not only like is that if that gets seen, is it a bad look? But like just how that's portrayed on TV, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's the Jeremy Collins don't handshake, right? It's <laughs> the same
1: thing that's that's why I'm telling you he's he's uh he's her teacher, okay look forward to c p p Nora ah <laughs> uh, okay, that brings us here to who I think and the internet seems to be with me here that Tommy might have top five best ever first two episodes of anyone
0: um yeah, this is a spicy one. Uh, do you want to make the case first, or do you want me to try and dismantle I will
1: make... Okay, you went... So, spoiler <laughs> alert, Joe went down on Tommy. I went... I, he was already my number one. He went up. So I'll start. Okay. And then you can dismantle as you wish, because you're wrong. So, Tommy, <laughs> again, what I said about the Jack conspiracy theory, I am operating under. So I believe that we're seeing the seven samurai uh thing of he's assembling his army i think we're that's the story i think if you actually boil uh vokai down kind of what we're seeing he's gonna rope in jack and chamal i think that's what we're gonna see he's gonna we're gonna have a scene of him roping in janet all that i think that's what we're gonna see i think that's what vokai is it's the start of seven samurai additionally to that he has that rice hat on i mean he looks like (laughs) seven samurai um So, that's one really, really good thing in his favor. We know so much about this guy. Like, absurd amount about this guy. We know what he does. Like, he's in love with his girlfriend. They're getting married. (laughs) We know what kind of player he is. He's somebody who's not gonna... He's always gonna pick himself over anyone else. We know that he is close to Jack. We know so much about him in every single facet. Additionally, he gets content in all the good places. He gets... Content right before the commercial break right before tribal for some reason he's edited as the swing vote here again it's a little weird, but we get to see okay he ends up being okay with it. I think it's all so good for him he I feel like they're just telling us he's the best player he's the best player he's the best player. it's so Wendell to me where they're just like they don't want us to breathe for a moment without telling us oh by the way, Wendell's a fantastic survivor player that's my case for tommy is. His story is so long-term. He's abs- I would say he's absolutely in the final six.
0: I will say, yes, he does feel very wendell in that I sort of had the same trajectory where Wendell sort of slouched and I was like, I don't know. And then I was proven wrong. So I am very afraid of that. However, I, I don't know. I came out of this episode. I initially had Tommy, I think... Either second or first still after it, but I was already like, eh. And I mean, he's only third now, so it's not the hugest drop. But I would say it's more likely that Tommy is the Lauren O'Connell of this season. Where he looks good at first, but things start to break down. I think if you look at this episode you sort of saw Lyro getting no content and then it would go back to Vokai and Vokai and Vokai and Vokai. But all throughout the first half of it, up until the immunity challenge, there was no Tommy. Like Tommy wasn't in any of the scenes. And that's always a big red flag for me. I feel like people need content consistently throughout. And it's just one episode. It could easily rebound. The second thing was... Once he did develop after the immunity challenge and there was a lot of content there, it was a lot of content saying, wow, going for Molly is a huge move. I don't know if we should make it. I'm going to lose Jack and Jamal. This seems bad. And it's one thing for that to happen. And then you sort of see him shift on that. I don't think we ever saw him shift. I feel like he sort of carried that. I don't know maybe we should not make such a big move on the first part and just go for Jason or Nora. And I didn't think, that's sort of what convinced me that maybe it won't go, maybe Molly won't go home here because Tommy's not saying it. So I can't imagine Tommy being wrong, but then he was. So it feels like someone we're supposed to put a lot of focus on, but someone who's, not always present and not always right, and so I think he's a big character. I think you're probably right that he makes it far final six, but I don't think he's our winner, okay, so my
1: problem with what you're saying there is I think that there is a distinction between I don't know if the right answer is this one or this one. He wasn't I'm trying to think of a good example um he wasn't Jamal saying. There's not even a possibility that Molly's going home or blah blah blah. Jason, you suck. He wasn't against Molly going home. He was trying to find the right crew. And obviously they shield who's going home as much as they can. So they have they show him that he's wavering on both sides, and then because he votes the way that we assume okay, he went with that way. I feel like that's fine. I feel like swing votes, you know, they're they're trying to make their their mission statement number one is make an entertaining episode every week. Hmm. Second is care about the long-term stuff. To me, I feel like, okay, it makes sense to throw Tommy there, to give him something to do, to also distance himself from the negativity of the three. Like, mm-hmm. you'd think, after episode one, that the King, Queen, and Jack would be Tommy, Molly, and Jack, if you were just watching episode one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's Jamal. Tommy is noticeably outside this negative three, despite last week constantly them all being together. I think that's huge.
0: And would you, I think, would you say they're distancing, though, if they are, like, showing him really this insistent on maybe keeping Molly? Like, it feels like, I don't know. To me, it reads like we're going to see what he said. He's going to rope in
1: Jamal and Jack.
0: I mean, yeah, if that happens, I could, I mean, he'll be higher on my list. He's already pretty high, but, uh, yeah, it is really a case of how this next episode plays. But, mm. I don't know, it's sort of that weird, it feels really good, but there are these weird little things that make it feel wrong to me. And like I said, this is very Wendell all over again it could pan out very poorly and i'm sure if that's the case there'll be a lot more places where i'm like oh this doesn't look good either and then i'll be wrong on finale night but at first what i thought was when he wasn't getting any content was this is like oh this is the eric or gavin that i thought we could see
2: and Mm -hmm. it wasn't
0: quite that but i don't know to me, the biggest
1: thing against Tommy is just that Jack exists. Like that's the that's the, really the dark mark. It's kind of the same with Dominic. It's like that's why I never was in the Dominic camp. Is like Wendell exists. Wendell's edit exists. It's so good. Rarely do you see duos that both positive. Usually one kind of takes the uh, driver's seat. And the fact that Jack really does look so positive and nice makes me think that we could be like like that's the one thing right is. Jack hiding in the wings is always going to be bad for Tommy. That said, <laughs> I do think that Tommy is good enough that I would have to put my money on Tommy over anyone else. He's absolutely my number one choice. The one problem is the can it, and it be too good? I think it can. A quote-unquote good isn't too positive too. Right. Because this episode was basically telling us that Tommy had relationships with everybody on the tribe Mm -hmm. and episode one did that too right he was like everybody's just coming to me i'm shocked at how good i am at this game kind of thing right like i i'm just bonding with people one-on-one and they're surprised by that i'm a teacher blah 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 i think that's all really good for him right and we even had him establish bonds with jamal in the first episode like they talk Mm -hmm. about their favorite teacher i feel like the long-term story makes a lot of sense if it's under The arc of okay, this is Tommy's story. I I guess that's what I'm gonna pitch my flag in. Is I think this Survivor Island of the Idols is the story of Tommy. That doesn't necessarily mean he's the winner. Hmm. Like I think he's our main character.
0: I think that's interesting. I because now that we've been sort of talking about it, I almost feel like you have to worry about Dan and Kelly too. Like, if that becomes a thing, like, they feel like big contenders to somehow unseat Tommy and possibly Mm -hmm. Jack later on in the game. Like, it'd be very late in the game, but they feel like I can see... I feel like I can see the groundwork for Kelly and Dan being at the end, the very end, as opposed to Tommy and Jack. Agreed.
1: And I could see it being... Tommy makes too many personal relationships and so he loses like I could see that being he bur- has to burn them what happens with that happens or whatever which is to me Jack reads a lot like t- tell me if I'm wrong. Jack reads like a more visible Natalie White. Um,
2: hmm. We're just constantly
1: told how likable this man is. I
0: know that's a hard one. I think you're not wrong. I think it's hard because Nally White is always in the light of Russell Hans, or I should say like the darkness of Russell Mm Hans and like Tommy's obviously no Russell Hans. So that I agree with, like, I do think think that's a good point. I think that's an interesting read. I think that's what a lot of like a casual audience might see. It's just like, Oh, Jack, I sometimes see him. He's positive. Like I like him, but they're going to be focusing on these Tommies and Kelly's and bigger characters for the time being
1: one way to view tommy's arc is episode one he talks about how his strategy is to just make one-on-one social bonds with people and he's he's so good at it everyone's coming up to him he's going to play up being a teacher he's going to make really close one-on-one bonds right episode two he declaratively says Sur- in survivor you can't be a teacher like i'm not going to be teacher tommy i'm going to be survivor player tommy what that means is is you can't stick your neck out for anyone. That's really bad, if you're looking at it from game theory for a player like that. If he's somebody who's never gonna stick up for people, but he's making these really close bonds. That's how you. That's how you get losing finalists that are good players. Um, people don't like feeling abandoned and like you didn't stick up for.
0: Also, I guess that that's part of what red weird to me is like. I'm not gonna stick my neck out for anyone. When the people he's quote unquote saving are Jason and Nora, who I don't think we've seen any really bonds between those two people and Tommy. True. So that just feels like a really oh yeah no choice. Absolutely, in my opinion, on the beach he was outvoted.
1: He realized I think he lost the plot. You know what I mean? Like I think he was in his mind he's like, okay, well we'll take out Jason and Nora, then I bond to everybody else. I'm bonding by making fun of Jason and Nora. Lauren flips it, I think. And he has no choice. I think that's what actually happened. I think he got outplayed. True. But I think it was edited not that way. Hmm. I think think it effectively got edited that he decided to save them. When in actuality, I do not think that is what happened at all. And I think he actually did want to keep
0: the target on them. I just don't. I don't know how he would get out. I don't know. Cause you see scenes where Janet and Kelly are both all like, vote with you. So mm-hmm. those three, plus Tommy plus Kelly and Janet, like, is enough. I don't know.
1: But is that just them being diplomatic?
0: It's not enough for a split vote, though. So. Yeah.
1: Like, Lauren literally goes to, uh, janet and kelly and is like i think we should do one of the three they need to go and janet's just like oh yeah they do absolutely like that's janet's like they both are immediately on board Mm -hmm. to take out like molly effectively and then we just kind of see i think them trying to placate tommy being like no 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 if you want to do that we will but we really want you to do this is how i read that hmm like, I think that's the scenes we were getting, and then we actually got, "Oh, Tommy's gonna decide what happened. which that's what makes me so high on him. Is I think he, I think he lost this round, but got a good edit about it. So that's my take. That said, I do think Tommy will be here at least till finale. Oh, for sure.
0: Maybe, maybe like a Christian, like yeah, yeah almost right. there, but for a while. Yeah, like he's awesome. an end game. An end yeah. game. Yeah, yeah.
1: He could be merge boot. Like, like obviously that's always a possibility. If if it's Jack's, Jack's actually the character or whatever. But
0: uh, I would even say probably not merge boot.
1: I think I agree. Like, I think
0: I would put ninety
1: percent odds on him being final eight. I would say confidently.
0: Like, terrible if I'm wrong, and he is the merge boot. But also, like, kind of exciting because. He's fun, but he's like kind of boring. Like, I don't need yeah. another Tommy winning. He... It's like, and to me, he's one of those people that,
1: like, I picked him as my winner pick preseason because I'm like, this guy is so much smoother and more charismatic than everyone else. Like, same with Wendell. It's like, it's, he's so Wendell, where it's just like, he's so smart, but nonchalant about it and chill, and you just want to like the guy. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of those winners recently that they're just like, Oh, they're the they're the cool guy that you want to be friends with. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else on Tommy? I don't think so. So, that brings us here to our last person. Molly. Rip Queen.
0: Molly. What a turn. Like, just the way they slowly, like, developed her to where, like, at first she was against Nora and it was like, yeah, I kind of get where Molly's coming from. And then she was just like, slowly, slowly becoming more evil. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, please send Molly home. hmm I feel
1: bad that she got the poverty stuff, but my hot take here on the beach, I'm guessing Molly was actually just really bad at the game. I think they edited this as this huge flip, and I'm guessing Molly was just really awkward and bad. To me, hmm. in the preseason, I thought that she came off kind of she thought... I thought her and Chelsea both came off this way. Is they thought they were a little cooler than they were. I think they thought they were more charming than they were. And they definitely had this like awkward holier-than-thou streak that I thought really mm-hmm. would hurt her. And I'm guessing that's what actually happened. Because it's not a flip if you get voted out on the first tribal.
2: Mm.
0: I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I guess if you're technically saying there's no vote to like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was always a flip, but like, I don't know.
1: My guess is that Lauren was always planning on saving Jason and Nora, but she didn't pitch the idea until they lost the challenge. Hmm. But the ruminations and machinations and stuff were place kind of she was slowly marketing it but you always have the fake vote you know like that's like survivor 101 is you have the person that you're fake voting out if you lose probably and then you get to it and you're like you know what that's the easy option let's do something bigger that's how I read this and I'm guessing Molly just like turned them off I feel like she's probably a lot more like Jamal than we saw
0: yeah yeah I wrote preseason that like she can't be too negative or backstabbing. She wasn't backstabby, but like the negativity slowly creeped in and yeah, that was sort of the death knell no for her. I also wrote that she should have a really strong premiere, which I mean we saw that she was observant, but otherwise there wasn't much there. So
1: Yeah, I thought it was not a great introduction. And she also
0: told us the story about the Patriots and the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess Jason and Nora were the Jets and Molly
1: was the Patriot all along. Wow. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So at this point, audience, subtitles are ironic, I think, is something you have to, I need to factor into. <laughs> Molly is the observant one, completely blindsided. Molly talks about how great underdogs are and then is an obnoxious overdog. It gets voted out for it. Hmm. I think that's, that's interesting. something interesting.
0: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing for me to pay attention to. Because I, like, watch all my other TV shows with subtitles, so I'm used to it. But I don't watch Survivor with subtitles. So, like, the ones that do pop up, I don't read. Because I'm like... Oh, "Oh." really? Yeah, like, I can usually... I'm usually able to see it. So I often miss where there's subtitles and stuff like that. I also
1: watch most things
0: with subtitles because
1: I have bad hearing, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I'm frequently like, what did they say? uh maybe it's the canadian uh, all you americans with accents i can't tell what you're saying but (laughs) um yeah no like with molly i feel like with her the story of like i mentioned earlier molly getting the poverty treatment is bad for the woman theme i think that's something to remember is on this on this tribe they just voted out the girl who was nervous about dan touching her weirdly like kelly got more of that content but if you remember molly got that in the first episode too yeah so dan won this vote right like dan got rid of uh (laughs) someone who was uncomfortable with him obviously we didn't get that part because molly was our villain this time i think that's something important to note. is i don't think the female themes on this tribe
0: yeah and i mean just by us going through it and looking at how things are going to shape up Like we talked a lot about potential Kelly Dan alliance. So like it really is, I think, a subplot for Lyro, Mm -hmm. pre-swap or pre-merge or however long they stick together.
1: Absolutely agree. And so that's our that's the Vokai tribe. Rip Molly. Sad it's always sad to see like super fans leave early for me. That said, I feel to me she reads like the super like I feel like she was probably a lot more like Jacob Derwin than we saw. But I digress.
0: Is it at least exciting for the show to present two boots who don't seem typical? Like, I think if you think about last season, we had Reem and then Keith, who both Mm -hmm. sort of, the show at least made it look like they dug their own graves. And even Chris, to an extent, if you think about that. Yeah. Whereas this time it was like, Very, they presented very shockingly. I'm like, oh, the underdogs are winning. So, no, that's
1: absolutely true. And if you look at all the people who are in danger on these tribes, none of them are the old people. None of them are the minorities. None of them are the women. Like, I mean, I guess Molly just left. She's a girl. Like, it's not the people that normally go. Yeah, I think that's kind of that's something that's very, I guess, happy. Mm -hmm.
0: They aren't just tossing these people aside. So that's sure, like, whatever the reality was or not, like, Seamus is probably very happy after Big Brother to have this.
1: Mm -hmm. a 100%. (laughs) Like, this is a very diverse cast. And, like, I think they're seeing that what everyone's always said, what I've always said, if you cast a more diverse group, they might not just vote out the people who are uh, minorities. (laughs) Uh, Shocking how that works, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we're seeing it pay off 100% here. So, Obviously, we've kind of talked about it throughout. Joe, who do you think's going to win this game?
0: Um, Number one is Jack. Number two is Kelly. Three is Tommy still. let fight whatever qualms I have. Four is Missy. And then I don't know if I'd pick a fifth even. It seems too early to not. So my fifth is Lauren. But there's a meaningful drop off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I will mostly co-sign just a different order. I'm going to do Tommy number one, uh, Kelly number two, Jack number three, Missy number four,
0: and give me Jason number five. I think that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, number five is like our like wishful thinking spot. Yeah,
1: number five is very much... Honestly, the top three is... Like, Jack, Kelly, and Tommy, I think, have a lion's share of the win equity, and then there's a bunch of people who are still alive, but I mm-hmm. feel like Missy, Lauren, honestly, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Chelsea, Janet.
1: Janet, Tom, would be who other people I would throw in as, like, some amount of win equity there. So. hmm I, I think that's like there's like a couple tiers. So we're mostly on the same page. Different order, obviously, but I feel like we're mostly on the same page. Who do you think's gonna leave next?
0: Um, if Lyro goes, I'm gonna say it's Tom. That's Tom. gonna be very tragic, but I think Tom is gonna go next. And Oof. Vokai Vokiza feels more open weirdly. Uh Uh, i guess i'll go safe and go with
1: jamal yeah i'm gonna go with jamal and i'm gonna go with dean uh i can't lose dean this early i think he like asks to get voted out i think maybe he's the hurt guy Hmm. is that reasonable
0: i don't know i think it was a girl though but you could see bone so maybe the bone just of his spine just exposes itself. <laughs> it's that personal space thing. They need to yeah.
1: put... <laughs> they, they Dan gets brought to uh Island of the Idols, infiltrates their camp, creepily hugs the Dean in the middle of the night too hard and his spine f- flies
0: out of his back. <laughs> I think uh, that's what we're going to see. You can read all our fanfics on Wattpad. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, that's it.
1: That's our show. So as always, you can if you have something mean to yell at us about, you can email us at us at the winner edit at gmail.com. I feel like for the most part, episodes will be on Saturdays, maybe Sundays. Depends on how busy we are. Uh sometimes if we're we're releasing them on Saturdays, it means we're recording them on Friday night. Which I mean sometimes we do things on Friday nights we are people. So that's that's that would change what happens there. Um (laughs) we're on all major podcast catchers also sometimes editing it takes a really like longer than i would like uh so you know sometimes there's a delay we're on all major podcast catchers i believe uh if you'd like you can follow me on twitter at danny you'll find lots of wrestling sequester and survivor content there uh mm-hmm. if, we'd love if you reviewed us on itunes uh we hear that helps
0: uh i'm on twitter at J Chapman, C H A P M A N, 9000, the number. um The first episode, I actually shared it and I posted my edgic there, which is like more Twitter activity than my account's seen in years. So maybe I'll keep that up. Otherwise, I just retweet like cat memes and stuff.
2: <laughs> which, which is what you need. It's what
1: you need. So yeah, <laughs> as always, we love when you guys comment on our posts and stuff on Reddit. Uh, I love reading them. I read every single post. I read every single message. I frequently respond because I think it's fun. And Mm -hmm. I'm always terrified of spoilers going venturing too far out anywhere else. So I like that. We have like a nice little group of people that comment on our things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, farewell.
0: Yeah. Uh, See you next time, I guess. (laughs)